Sup, y'all, and welcome to another episode of the Press On Sports Podcast. I'm Jack Vita. I'm your host. Today, going to be a little different from the last few weeks. Evan Myers is, he's not joining me today, um, but I do have someone who is a jack of all trades. <laughs> he's great with uh, baseball and fantasy sports and social media, all kinds of that, all that kind of stuff. He's my former Valparaiso classmate, Jordan Morandini. Jack, appreciate you having me on as always. Thanks, my dude. Hey, you've got uh, some big shoes to fill this week. Hey, that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. <laughs> Evan's been killing it the past couple weeks. Yeah, there's been a lot of a lot of good feedback. I had a lot of people commenting and telling me, man, this guy, Evan, he really knows his college basketball. <laughs> hey, big shoes to fill. Uh, let's hope I can get it done, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, well, you've been in a lot of high-pressure situations before. Yeah, I've, I've had a few of them, a few of them. Uh, intramurals, we had some uh, big <laughs> moments there. Yeah, hey, playoff time for intramurals, that's <laughs> that's very serious. That's as serious as like the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, maybe not. But, Jordan, were you and I somewhat of an iconic combo in the halls of Valparaiso com- Communication Department? <laughs> Well, look, we wish we could have had you over on the broadcasting side of things. <laughs> could have been extremely effective over there. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, from the from the torch side of things, you look back at our careers, I think I think we accomplished some good things there. I, I would hope so. Um, <laughs> there was an iconic trio in the grade above us, so I feel like we were the full house. There was a three there. We were the two. Yeah, we were, we were just ty- trying to keep up with those three. Yeah, <laughs> a big big three is an understatement. Miss those guys. Yeah, they're great, and maybe they'll show up on here someday. So <laughs> stay tuned for that. So today we have something very special planned. It's an MLB preview show. Jordan has been at hard at work watching a lot of spring training stuff, haven't you, Jordan? Uh, if that's what you want to call it, hard at work, Jack, for sure. <laughs> So it's important to note it to note is you've been on here. I shouldn't say that there are big shoes to fill because you've probably appeared on my podcast in the past radio more than anyone else. That's an honor. <laughs> so, I'm proud of that. Yeah, for sure. Great. We've done a couple. We've done a couple MLB. Um, we did what one MLB last year. We did a couple NFL talks before the last season. Yeah. And I think we did an NBA. At least, did we do an NBA one together? I mean, we've done everything over yeah, the does, past three years. Like that, yeah. Dating back to that one softball broadcast we did together <laughs> in the preseason. Hey, was that your lone softball broad? Or that was your no. lone? No, it wasn't your lone. No. Yeah. Because then you ended up retiring a little bit later that year, I think. Yeah. Well, I made it through that year. Never did a whole lot. I was pretty much a spot starter, but. <laughs> Jordan, are you are you retired from sports journalism right now? Or are you uh, taking an ab uh, leave of absence? I would I would say, Jack. Uh, I'm currently focusing on other things, but I mean, I'm always down to hop on podcasts and talk sports. It's not like I'm not watching sports or anything. <laughs> I'm just I would say more specifically following the three teams that I follow more so than kind of you know doing anything journalism wise from it. Yeah, so um, you're really like the Jose Batista of podcasting, then, right? <laughs> you're not on a roster yet this year, but you're not at a game. 
Uh, yeah, I, I guess so. I, I don't know if my I want my career kind of trending downwards like Batista <laughs> is his. But what about but Mark? I, I think Mark I'll Appel, take that. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe. Still but, a high I mean, ceiling. Batista has had some big moments, so maybe yeah. I will take Batista. Yeah. Well, Mark Appel. I mean, he's still got a very high ceiling and a bright future ahead of him. He could come back at any time. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if he has a bright future. I hope. <laughs> I hope, but. Who knows? I, I I hope so too. But anyway, we gotta we gotta get to it. Jordan and I we are providing an MLB preview show. This is the first in press on sports history, and it should be a lot of fun. Oh, for sure. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, Jordan. Before we get into these divisions, do you want to do you want to talk about a little bit about some of the off season just rule changes? some of the storylines with free agency and whatnot. We could touch on those for maybe a couple minutes before we dive into the divisions. Sure. I mean, when you look at the free agency market, it was very, very interesting this offseason, Jack. Would you, would you say so? I mean, it, it seems like so many guys, specifically some pitchers, some arms that, you know, you would expect to kind of get those contracts quick with guys or with teams, I should say, you know, trying to fill those starting, starting spots. Um, but we saw a couple different pitchers guys with major league experience, guys who have had a lot of success in the major leagues really be drawn out throughout the free agent process. And that's not really the same way we've seen that in the past. Yeah, we, we don't get that very often. I'd say if any sport, baseball is maybe the one sport that we do see this stuff happen. Because mm-hmm. if you remember maybe five years ago, Andy Pettit, a similar situation, well, maybe six or seven years ago, it's been a little while but he joined the Yankees in around May, I, will, I believe. And Roger Clemens, I think, did the same thing at one point. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, NBA, NFL, those rosters are pretty much set, aside from maybe some early preseason cuts. And you know who's going to be playing on your team months before the season for the most part. Yeah, and along with that, I mean, if there's a big-name free agent, somebody, you know – uh, for example, uh, Russell Westbrook is a free agent, or uh, you know, LeBron James is a free agent. Everybody from the <laughs> second free agency opens is offering him as good of a contract as they possibly can. It was just very odd, I would say, with some of these these arms. You know, the guys I'm talking about, Jake Arrieta. You would have thought, you know, teams would have kind of jumped all over him when you know his free agency kind of opened up. Um, a couple smaller, like Alex Cobb, was another arm that. You know, you, you looked at and you thought, you know, some team's going to want maybe a 3-4 starter, depending on your rotation, like Cobb can be. And these guys just got drawn out all the way, all to the point now where I think, at least in Arietta's case, he's missing the first time through the rotation uh, for the Phils this yeah. year. Because he wasn't signed until, what, two th- what two weeks ago? I mean, it, it's just a very <laughs> weird situation that guys wait that long to, to sign a contract. Yeah, and that... That's also Cobb is missing his first start, maybe yeah. a second start too. So mm-hmm. it's being pushed back. Actually, Jordan, I think we can continue with these storylines as we touch on these teams. One sure. last note should I mention about you, Jordan, is you have a lot of intel on the Phillies organization, right? <laughs> yeah, that is uh, that is definitely where I, my MLB focus is at, Jack. Okay. All right. So... We won't I don't have any in, I, if you're looking for inside info, I'm not going to be able to drop any of that, though. I do not know any inside info to give you. <laughs> okay. All right. 
and we don't want to get you in any trouble either. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's go. Let's get let's get to it. Let's talk AL West. A lot of big storylines. I mean, you had big move the Mariners made trading for D Gordon. We'll get to that. Mm-hmm. The Angels getting Otani. And those two teams aren't even neither of those two teams are the favorite to win the division. And to be quite honest, I don't think either of them should be. No. Um, yeah, clearly, because I mean, Houston heading into this season, I think, is a pretty clear favorite to repeat um, by the masses, I would say. I think a lot of people think Houston, you know, did they make any monster moves this offseason? Not really. But did they have to? Not really either um, with the lineup they're able to put together. Um but when you look at the other two teams you mentioned, Jack, I mean, very intriguing. And, and yeah. specifically Otani, I think, is such an intriguing guy. Um, just because, you know, heading into this season, I'm not really sure what we're going to see from him, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. I mean, what do you, from your perspective, what are you expecting? Really? I mean, I, do we even know if he's going to start the year in the bigs? Like, has that been announced? I mean, given... Given the contract they give gave him, I would be extremely surprised if he didn't start the league in the bigs. Um, I haven't followed his spring training too closely, but I do think he's had a solid spring training for the most part. From pitching. Uh, yeah, from a pitching standpoint. Yeah. I think hitting-wise, he struggled. Um, but again, I mean, this is a guy who, when his free agency, his whole talk was going down, the Angels th- at least thought they were getting or expecting to get a guy who can you know, throw every five days, but along with that, do some DH work, I think, as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. I really don't know what to expect from him because he's such an enigma, I will say. Mm-hmm. And he's just, I mean, one thing, though, he does make the Angels very intriguing, I would say. Yeah, Be- totally. Because they're, yeah, because they're a team, I mean, who, over the years, I don't want to say has underperformed, but... To an extent, I feel like they have, and I feel like now they've kind of really put together a roster who, I, at least, which I think is ex- like ready to compete right now. I mean, they've got some big names, some good bats in this lineup. Uh, obviously, Zach Cozart. Yep, the, the big Pick name up. in Trout. I was getting yeah. to Cozart. He's <laughs> actually a guy who, I think, over the years has kind of been a little bit underlooked. Yeah. Um, as kind of you know, uh, he's kind of been all over the place in the middle infield. I think he would he played short for the Reds a little bit, correct? Yeah. Um, Good fielder too. Yes, he is. And now he's playing third for the Angels. Year ago he hit two ninety seven. That's a great bat for them. Oh yeah. Um, Twenty seven homers, ad- maybe? Something a, like a, that. A great addition. Yeah. And this is a team with a very good infield, you know, in and out. You have Kinsler and Simmons um in the middle infield, and then you have Pujols somehow, some way, <laughs> still handling the first base slot. But um Well yeah, Pujols, very, Pujols he, was playing uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, he will DH yet, and then. But no, no. Well, the thing is, Otani. It depends. Yeah, yeah, it depends. Yeah, it depends. Given uh, you know how the whole Otani situation. Yes. Yeah. Um, occurs. Yeah, we'll have to kind of follow that because it's a it is a very intriguing situation. But I think if nothing else, I think he brings, um, the intrigue to the Angels that maybe you know they I think they have had because of Trout, but maybe even more so now to bring in a guy like Otani. Oh, yeah. And I would not be surprised if we see Otani's name in the All-Star game. With uh, When you have these guys who are very popular outside of America, their country, their native countries tend to stuff the ballots for them. I mean, think about how many All-Star games Yao Ming started in. Mm-hmm. 
I think yeah, no, we Ichiro, yep. there. Although you can't vote for pitchers, so. Oh. Yeah. Well, they, you can vote for DHs though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, I'm sure you could get a lot of write-ins too. Yeah. I heading into the year, are they expecting Otani to be their number one? I believe they are in their pitching staff. I mean, they have Garrett Richards as another name near the top of that staff, but I want to say they're looking at Otani almost as an ace for them. I think Otani is a guy who the first eight weeks could have super dominant stuff, but then the tape is going to be out on him and he'll have mm-hmm. to make some adjustments. But, hey, he's only, what, 22, 23? I mean, it's not even just a matter of what he's going to bring to them this year, but what he's going to provide for them for the next five years. Yeah, and I think I think you made a good point there. Um, you see that sometimes when guys come – uh, even from the minors a little bit right into the majors and they're able yeah. to make like a, a big immediate impact. And then, you know, the first three weeks they're, they're crushing the baseball or they're, or they're throwing extremely well. And then teams start to kind of figure you out a little bit through the tape, through breaking everything down, breaking down your stuff. Um, and yeah, I think that's, I think that definitely could happen. You could see that from Otani. That's a good point. Yeah. It'll, it'll be a lot of fun to watch and, I, I like the ceiling for this team. It's pretty high, I'd say. I would, yeah, I would say this. Uh, I don't want to say they're right there with Houston, but I do think this yeah, is a they're team. Not. That, no, they're not. But I do think this is a team that's you know when you look at the American League West, I think it is at least looking at rosters. I think it's the clear number two. Okay. Yeah, Come I would on. say yeah in the AL West. I mm-hmm. would agree. I would also. I think I expect them to be around 88, 89 wins. Okay, and that would be nine up from last year, which, yeah, I, would, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, when you look at Houston, where do you see Houston win-wise? Um, well, Houston is, I believe their over-under is 96.5. I'd go over on them. Okay, yeah, 96. And, uh, yeah, actually, I probably would too, honestly. Because um, last year they won, what, one, I think 100, 101 maybe? 100, yeah, 101 games. Um and I, you know, some of these guys are just going to continue to get better. Correa is going to continue yeah. to get better. Springer is oh, yeah. going to continue to get better. Um, Altuve just seems to get better as time goes on, year in yeah. year out, and get better and better. So yeah, I think this is a. T- I think you made a good point. You know, ninety six. I would say over as well for them. Okay. Uh, Jordan, what are the? You could say it for me. What? Why do, are people hesitant to pick Houston to repeat this year? Um, I mean, something that may play a role was the Cubs the year before and really some team, a lot of teams, a lot of championship teams. Yeah. Uh, it, doesn't it seem like a lot of times when a team wins a championship, they have a little bit of a hangover the next year. I have a feeling that's where you're going with this. Yeah, definitely. That is where I'm going, but I think it's very different from the Cubs situation last year. I, and this is coming from the guy who picked the Cubs to repeat last year. So, <laughs> but I had I had the Astros winning the AL. So, okay, hey, uh, that's that's yeah. a pretty job well done. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but here's what I will say about Houston. Here's why I think this situation is different from the Cubs situation. Number one, you look at the obvious is. Well, I guess this is where it's the same, okay? With any team, you, you're running a marathon, getting all the way to the championship, and it's really hard to get back there and stay healthy. So that's mm-hmm. a concern that 
really there's no answer to. It just remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. But there are a couple things that were different about the Cubs last year. Number one, I don't really think they did anything in the offseason to make themselves better from their championship season. And as a result, I felt like they were really looking back the entire way as, okay, we're the same team from last year. We're trying to be them. But you had to figure some of those guys were due for a little bit of regression. Uh, Ben Zobrist is 38 now. He's not the same player who can play every day and get on base the same amount. And then another big part of that was, oh, or another guy, John Lackey, you had to know that he was going to regress. The Cubs didn't really find a replacement for Jason Hamill. They just said, all right, we'll try uh, Brett Anderson. That didn't work out very well. What I like about Houston is they went out and they got Garrett Cole, and they made a big statement about that's a different. I think that move really makes a big difference from where they were last year, mm-hmm. and it creates an identity for this year's team, I would say. Well, yeah, I think when you look at this staff, you're looking at it just a fantastic staff from top to bottom with the addition of Cole. Oh, yeah. Anytime Garrett Cole can be added to a staff, and I think in given their current situation, I think he'll be, what, the four maybe? Three or four. I think he's going to be a three guy. Yeah, yeah, depending on how you look at McCullers probably. Um, but still, even Garrett Cole as a three is a very good three, I would say. And Garrett Cole, you could look at his numbers. He's still only 27 or 28, I believe. And they're very comparable to where a lot of guys like Scherzer were when they were at this age. Yeah, I yeah, and, and he's a guy who, I mean, he's had some good seasons, too. You, you look back, I mean, he, he was playing in Pittsburgh. Last year, his ERA was over four. The year before, it was 388. I think if you get a 388 from Cole this year, I think Astro fans would be happy. And those were his two worst years, I believe. Yeah, exactly. So his best three seasons, there was one thing in common. The Pirates were a contender. See, and that, that plays a crucial role. Yeah. It, it always seems. It always seems to play a crucial role. When the team's better, the pitcher's numbers are going to look better, no question. And also, I think he's the kind of guy who's super competitive, and he's playing on a – now he's playing on a really, really good team. He could wake up and, like, what? look at what he saw happen to Verlander after he got traded. Mm-hmm. It's a good point. So I think that on paper, they look better than where they were last year at the start of last year. I would agree with you, I think, because, I mean, you look at this, the position players, it's all the same, essentially. And then you look at the staff. I think the staff takes a jump forward, adding Cole. Um, and then this is a bullpen. You got a young closer in Ken Giles, yeah. um, the former Philly. <laughs> former <laughs> Philly Ken Giles um who I think is just going to continue to get better as time goes on he's a young has an electric arm can hit oh, yeah. three, triple digits um and this is a good I mean this is a good bullpen as it is um yeah I think this is a team I think you're right Jack I think maybe not I don't think it's a huge step forward from where they were at last year from no. just a pure roster standpoint um and they it's didn't have like Verlander they, on opening day last that year either. That is true. That is a good point. So you you look at last year's roster, and then you add Verlander and Cole, and you're thinking, okay, yes. Um, so, yeah, I think obviously, obviously from a starting pitching standpoint, this staff looks a lot better. Yep. You can also look at how much how good Charlie Morton looked pitching with Houston last year coming over from Pittsburgh. So the blueprint has already been set. That is true. 
That is true. Yeah, he had a great year last year, and he's going to be their number five this year, is he not? You would expect. I mean, those last three can kind of be interchangeable. Um, He had a better year than uh, Lance McCullers last year. I think McCullers will be four, Mm -hmm. and then Morton's five. And then I think they have another guy, too, who... Talon McHugh, correct? Yeah, so... They could really use a six-man rotation at any point if they want to. Yeah, and I think McHugh is... I think it was recently announced he's going to be out of the bullpen initially mm-hmm. is their game plan. So I think they're going to run with the five, and then McHugh will be the probably the long reliever maybe. Yeah. Play that role. Yeah. Um, and, and let me be honest, I think he'll be extremely effective in that role because, um, I mean, he's a pretty good starting pitcher. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he had under, I think, a 3-5-5 ERA last year. Oh. I think he was hurt for part of it. But, yeah, he's he's a very ex- effective pitcher. Um, so, yeah, this is a team with a lot of good arms. Oh, yeah. And then going back to the comment I made about regression from the year before, I don't really see a lot of guys on this roster who could regress. Maybe Brian McCann. He's a little up there in years in terms of for a catcher. Maybe Evan Gaddis. But... Those guys weren't as, I, I mean, they, they, I mean, they could find guys who can replace those guys. Yeah, you look at, I mean, Gaddis was only a guy a year ago who hit what, probably two, yeah, two sixty. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's not like, you know, if he goes two fifty, that's going to be a huge, huge hit to this team or anything. I would say those are the two names probably when it comes to the position players that jump out to me that could take regressions back. But like we were touching on, there's a lot of young guys who you expect oh, to yeah. take take jumps forward um when you guys got got guys like correa and springer and altuve who just continues to get better each year and year in and year out um it is a very very talented roster that houston has absolutely the other thing another big difference i see between the cubs last year's cubs and this year's astros last year the cubs didn't have a leadoff guy for the first half of the season they lost dexter fowler Mm -hmm. and that was a huge loss. I don't see any big losses coming from Houston this offseason. No, I mean, yeah, we've we've touched on it. I think from a position player standpoint, they haven't lost really anything. And from a pitching standpoint, they've taken a leap forward. The last thing, Jordan, the last reason why I believe this is a different situation from last year's Cubs. The Cubs last year were living and dying by the long ball. And the Astros, the way they're built, I believe last year they had the lowest strikeout rate in all of baseball. They don't strike out very often. And in the playoffs, Jordan, I think it's a really different game. I I, I feel like you're going to agree with me on this, but I put a lot, there's a lot of emphasis on just putting the ball in play in the playoffs and not mm-hmm. making mistakes in the field. If you mm-hmm. strike out, then you're, I mean, look at how many errors happened in the playoffs because there's so much pressure every mistake is magnified. And if you're striking out, you're not giving yourself any kind of chance to have some big error give you a free runner. Mm -hmm. And the Cubs had a lot of guys last year who were striking out. The bats went quiet. I don't really see that happening with the Astros because they put the ball in play. Yeah, we talk about that a lot when we talk about the Cubs. I feel like when you look at their lineup, when you look at this lineup, I mean, this lineup has what maybe 
uh, let's see, two guys, I think, that hit under 270 last year. <laughs> I mean, from a, just a batting average standpoint. Wow. I'm not even, I'm not even yeah. getting into the on-base percentage uh, discussion because, I mean, a lot of these guys have fantastic on-base percentages. But you look at them, I mean, the middle of this order, man, not only do they put the ball in play consistently, they hit for good averages. And I think, oh, yeah. you know, it, it kind of hurts teams when you have those guys, you know, who hit 220 or 200, you know, 200, but they hit 40 bombs. Sure, you get the bombs, but then, you know, every other four out of five times, they're, you know, striking out three out of four of those. Um, like you said, when you put the ball in play, one, it puts pressure on the defense. Two, in a lot of cases, it can move runners, and that's yeah. the most important thing to put the ball in play. When you strike out, it's a dead ball. There's nothing – your runners aren't moving on base. Um, but when you're able to put the ball in play, crazy things can happen. Um, and like you said, this is an Astros team that really doesn't have guys that just strike out a ton. And that is a huge asset, um, in a, in a lineup. Totally. I agree. I, I'm really high on them. I expect them to repeat in the AL West, but let's, uh, we can move on to some of these other teams. I, I think you're ready for that. Yeah, let's do it. Um, you mentioned D Gordon heading to, Seattle. Seattle. Yes, Seattle, Seattle. Um, I mean, this is a team, interesting team, I would say, Jack, because there were only yeah. six games under 500 last year. And you, I mean, you look at this team, and to me, this team, I thought maybe overachieved a little bit for what their roster looked like as a whole. Um, just because I, I, I really did not think they were going to have that good of a year. You didn't get a great year from Robbie Cano either. He only hit 280. Yeah. And this, I mean, they were still only six games under 500. Now, like you mentioned, they add a guy like D. Gordon. Um, you still have a lot of key pieces in the middle of this lineup. You got Cano, you have Seager. Seager. Yep, you have uh, Segura at short, um, who hit, I think, 300 a year ago. Um, and then you look at his staff, and you see James Paxton at the top. You see kind of an ailing Felix Hernandez. El- yeah. uh, um, and He's then been see- getting hurt a lot, too. Yes, he has, and that's it. Really, is a shame just because of how dominant he once was. Um, yeah. But yes, I think he is cleared for opening day, so he should be good to go. Um, and then you know, Mike Leak is kind of the number three. Where do you see this team heading into this year? I see them truthfully. I see them around eighty wins. I don't really. I thought honestly, they were about what I expected from them last year, where they have a really talented batting order but for whatever reason they're just they they can't get over the hump it seems they've been really close but they haven't sealed the deal yet and I don't I don't see that changing but I really think the big thing that we should talk about is what should we expect from D Gordon playing center field Jordan I know you played some high school baseball (laughs) you were mainly an infielder did you did you ever get stuck out in center field (laughs) Not center. I did not get stuck out at center, but I got actually, I played right field my entire senior year after playing very minimal outfield my entire career. It is, it is very different. Um, I mean, D Gordon, it is very interesting that they brought him in to be a center fielder that way. But the one thing you're getting with D Gordon is a great bat, fantastic speed. I think what he steals 60 bases a year ago. Oh yeah. Um, and it, there's not too many guys out there, Jack, that can do that anymore. You know, that can yeah. not only, okay, one, not only steal bases, 
But along with that, he hits for a high average. It seems like around the league, a lot of the guys who steal bases have a little bit lower batting average or they're kind of come off the bench type guys. You look at D. I mean, he's an everyday player that they brought in. Now, from a defensive standpoint, will there probably be a little bit of shakeup in center field? Will he struggle at times? Probably, as he, as he continues to get used to it out there. But I'll tell you one thing. He's not going to have an issue covering a lot of ground out there. Um, and that is a huge, huge factor in center field. Um, and I think I think the Mariners are going to be very happy with, with bringing D. Gordon in because of just everything he brings as a whole. I would say that... He has the wheels to cover it, but you also got to be good at reading balls off the bat right away. And I definitely think there's going to be a transitional uh, period in there. But I do think that given time, because he's such a great athlete, he could figure it out. Yeah. And don't forget, he's also a he was a gold glove second baseman. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a guy who has a good glove. Um, you're right. I think there will, it will take time. You know, a lot of it might be reaction time. It's a lot of times in the outfield, it's all about that first step. Yeah. Um, I think he'll be able to adjust accordingly. Um, but like I said, I think the Mariners are going to be really, really happy to add this guy. I thought that was a great deal for them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I, yeah, again, I'll say first half of the season, I think he's going to struggle, but I think he's going to improve as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. Because he's such a great athlete, I'm really curious to see how it makes them better because I, I put a lot of emphasis on outfield defense, mm-hmm. and especially in center field, that's the hardest position to play in the outfield. And so I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of guys are either an outfielder or an infielder, and if they're getting moved over to the outfield, they're playing corner outfield, like in your, in your case. Mm-hmm. But... Because he's so fast, I would not be surprised if he has some sort of history trying outfield in high school or college. I I mean, I feel like someone at some point had to have said, hey, we should try this guy in center field. So Mm -hmm. at least he I'm guessing now I, I don't know for sure. But my guess is if he has a little bit of background that could go a long way. But if you're just making that change at the major league level without much background, I mean, that could be really, really, really hard. Could be definitely. Yeah, it could definitely be a challenge. And I guess only time will tell kind of in that situation. Uh, When we look in the Mariners, I think their downfall, uh, Jack, and kind of the weaker part of their roster is definitely the starting pitching. Yeah. Um, I think James Paxton is a solid starter. I think he, you know... I think he had a great year last year. Um, and then two years ago was a little bit, you know, in, in the middle. I think he had what, 3.8 ERA two years ago. But then a 2.98 ERA last year. So last year, I mean, he was great for them. Yeah. He was great for them, no question. I think after him is kind of where you have a lot of question with this yeah. staff. Um, King Felix, <laughs> yeah. uh, I think he's kind of on the downfall. Will he be healthy is a big question. You know, how much does he have left? A year ago, his ERA was over four. You never expect that from a guy with the talent that he has. Um, and again, I think he what is he only 29. No, he's 31. Okay, I was going to say, if he's only 29, dang. No, he's, yeah. he's 31. <laughs> um, and then you look at the rest of their staff. Mike Leak is a guy. I mean, he's had major league success. He pitched for the Reds, Cardinals. I think. Cardinals last year. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, I think Reds as well. Um, he's kind of just always been just a solid arm. 
Uh, his ERA is kind of always around four. And then after that, they really have question marks. They have a couple injuries to their guys. Um, Marco Gonzalez is currently listed in their uh, rotation. And a year ago, he had a six ERA in the MLB. Very minimal appearances. So it's kind of a it's going to be an interesting situation, I think, with this staff. And I think that's kind of what will hold them back from truly contending. Jordan, where where do you have them at? Third place? Uh, yeah, I think right. Yeah, I think right around third place. Um, the, I don't think they're not going to be better than Houston or the Angels. Obviously, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, and okay, let's move on to a team that I think really is in the same spot as Seattle, and I'd say that's Texas. Texas is, last year had some high hopes, took a big step backwards. Uh, how many games did they win last year? Do you know? Seven, 78. Yeah. So, I mean, going into the year, it was like Astros or Rangers, and now the Astros look like they're about three steps ahead of the Rangers. Yeah, and Texas, man, it it feels like yesterday we're right there, doesn't it? Yeah. Literally right there. I You made a great point. I think this team is – very much so in kind of the same spot Seattle is. I think their offense is very good, at least good to very good. Um, but then you look at their starting pitching. I mean, Cole Hamels is a one in 2018. Cole great, gave the Phils some great years. I'm not sure he's yeah. going to give Texas any more great years. Um, he's a guy who I think won a good amount of games for them last year. Yeah, 11 wins last year, but his ERA was over four. Um, and he's their one. And then you have Doug Fister as their two. Matt Moore as their three. I mean, these are guys with big league success, Jack. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, you know, at least in Hamill's situation, a little bit in Fister's situation, too. It kind of feels like they're kind of, you know, on the down end of their careers um, and really haven't put together great seasons lately. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I I think they're right around somewhere between maybe 75 and 78 wins. I I don't have them as a playoff team. I think their problem was they peaked a little earlier than they were expecting to. If you go back to 2015, which is the year that they won the division, they went into that year with little, very little expectations. And a lot of their young guys started to just be awesome right away. And they brought back Josh Hamilton and they started making some moves like they traded for Hamels. They went all in on some guys. I mean, they brought in Shinsu Chu a few years before that. And now they're kind of stuck with some of those players who are not what they were hoping would provide them. And they, they weren't able to get over the hump. So they've cleared out a lot of their farm system. They still have some good young players. It, it's going to be interesting to see what do you see from Joey Gallo, is he a guy that can turn it up maybe some more hard contact, get a little better defensively, or is he just going to be a home run bat? Uh, Jurickson Profar was a guy who was a super high prospect, and, I mean, he's disappointed a little bit. He he shined when Odor got suspended a couple years ago, but, I mean, this team fell off really quickly. I don't think their pitching is good enough. I I think it should be a chance to get to see to watch some nice young players because they still have a lot of young guys. Odor, um, Delino DeShields Jr. Mm-hmm. could be a surprise guy if you're playing fantasy. I picked him on my team, <laughs> but yeah, I don't I don't have very high expectations for them. It seems like the window is passed, and right now they're need they need to regather a little bit before they can uh, get back into contention. 
Yeah, I think when you look at this team, the future of them is going to be kind of in the hands of guys like Gallo and Profar. Are they able yeah. to develop? Or, you know, I mean, some of these guys are on the downfall. Obviously, Beltre is kind of on the downfall of his career. Um, can, can Gallo and Profar kind of be those next two big names for Texas? Um, obviously, Odor is right there, and Andrews is a good player too. But, um, yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. I would say big this story. team— I would, I would say this team is kind of right in, I would say, middle to low in this AL West. Yeah, they're not they're not bad team. They're interesting. No. Another mm-hmm. one big interesting story for them is they picked up Tim, Lins- Tim Lincecum. Oh, yeah. They're going to try him as a reliever. And, hey, maybe this would be awesome for Timmy to get a nice, have a nice second career here as a reliever. That'd be pretty cool, right? Yeah, no question. See if he has anything left in the tank. Yeah. I think he's already battling an injury. <laughs> yeah. So we'll yeah, see. That'll happen. All right. Any other thoughts you have on Texas or? Nah. Okay. Well, I'm That's sure neither of us are very opinionated, opinionated on Oakland. <laughs> um, I mean, this is going to be, I would say, no question, either fourth or fifth in this division. Um, Matt it, Olson, nice player. There. Matt Olson, nice player. Yes. Your boy Dexter Fowler out in the center. Dustin Fowler. Or oh wait, no. oh yeah, I just read that wrong. Sorry, I'm looking at depth charts. <laughs> no, he's a he's a nice player though. Dustin Fowler is a he's a young player. To keep an eye out for. He's a pretty high prospect. Okay, and then yeah, I, honestly, I don't know too much about the good old athletics. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I think this is a lower tier team in this division. They're in good hands with Billy Bean. The one thing I'll say Honey about ball. them. Yes, and <laughs> they always surprise you when you least expect it. So True. True. a couple of years ago, I thought was going to be the secret A's team that just emerges. Um, I don't think it's this year, but we'll see. I don't know how far they are off, but they're bringing in some nice young players, and it's, I don't know, I think, Jordan, I think a lot of fans are accepting to rebuilds at this point because they've been able to see what's happened with the Astros and the Cubs. I think fans are very patient. Yeah, I think you have to as a fan. <laughs> yeah. If you continue to expect uh, an A-plus product on the field, it's going to be a lot of hard years uh, throughout a lot of these teams' rebuilds. I would say yeah. with one thing with this team, I would say at least you know Chris Davis is a kind of exciting oh, yeah. An exciting yeah. designated hitter. Um, he's a guy who I think has had the past, at least the past two seasons, 40-plus bombs. Yeah, I think he had 43 a year ago, 42 the year before. Yeah, yeah so yep. he's a guy. He's an intriguing bat in this lineup. He was a guy the Brewers just let go of. Very interesting. Yeah. Was he <laughs> Very, a free, I, I'm not sure if he was a free agent or if they just traded him for maybe like a reliever or something like that. I don't remember, mm-hmm. but, man, he's a nice player. Yeah, he is a nice player. So we can move on to the AL Central. Um, once again, we were we mentioned before we got on here that a lot of these teams, there are a lot of heavy favorites in each division. So we want to we'll talk about the favorites, and then we'll talk about the playoffs at the end. But we also want to look at some of these other teams too because I think, I mean, if you're a baseball fan, I enjoy watching anyone play. Oh, I'm right there with you. I just... Yeah. I had a spring training game. I've had a spring training game on regardless if it was the Phillies for the past, <laughs> right when spring training opened up. Yeah, I've been doing that except for 
the college basketball days. Yeah, that has put a little bit of a uh, damper on my spring training watching, but <laughs> nonetheless. So, all right, so let's go to the AL Central, where Cleveland is once again a heavy favorite. But I will say Minnesota is lurking a little bit here. Very. Yeah. Very. I would say they're right there, honestly. Yeah. Um, well, Cleveland's going to be the favorite just because of, obviously, their success with the past two years now. Um, and winning over a hundred games last year. Um, but I do think you made an intriguing point there with Minnesota, but let's talk more just specifically Cleveland right off the get go here. Um, look, they've got it all. I mean, they've got everything you can contend. (laughs) They've got the, the big bats, Lindor, you know, you have Kipnis, you have Ramirez, you have uh edwin encarnacion is a freaking brantley brantley as a yeah yeah yeah. um you have the starting pitching kluber obviously ace um carrasco bauer clevenger these are all arms that you know are very effective their bullpen has been notably known as one of the best in baseball the past couple of years andrew miller who would probably be a closer on any other team um or i don't know maybe they like using him as that setup role or kind of whenever they can use him um, but Swiss Army knife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Swiss Army knife. Yeah, they kind of just go to him whenever they need a big out. Um, and obviously, Cody Allen kind of closes the door there. So, yeah, I mean, this team has everything, Jack. It has everything to be right there again. The one the one loss, they lost Brian Shaw, who is a nice bullpen guy. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, really, I don't have a whole lot of thoughts on this team. I expect them to be just as good as they were last year for the most part. I really do think the most intriguing thing about the division will be the Twins and what, how big a leap they can take. Do you have any other thoughts on Cleveland, or do you want to move on to Minnesota? The only thing I'd say about Cleveland is they're extremely well-managed as well. I think yes. Frank Kona is yeah. one of the best managers in baseball. Um, yeah, but we can transition to Minnesota. Okay, so Minnesota, they won... The wild second wild card last year, I believe, eighty five wins, and really they're sim they're similar to what Milwaukee was last year, I think. And everyone's looking at those two teams to take the next step forward. Mm-hmm. I think Minnesota. I like what Minnesota did with their offense more than what Milwaukee did, which <laughs> may be a strong statement because <laughs> a lot of people, and we'll get to Milwaukee, but a lot of people love the spending big on Yelich and Kane. I thought the Twins made a lot of nice little moves. They brought in Logan Morrison, a uh, nice big bat to have. They um, helped me out. They had a couple of position guys I, that they added, but I know they got Lance Lynn and Jake Odorizzi, and pitching was a weakness for them. So I, I could see them being about five games better than the 85 wins they were last year. Yeah, I think this team's they're definitely intriguing. Um, I don't know if I would go the same route you went. I don't know if they upgraded the same way um, that the Brewers did, just because I'm a I'm a big Yelich guy. Right. Um, <laughs> but I I would say that this team look Minnesota was a team I think that surprised a little bit last year. I, I don't know if people really expected them to be. Um, you know yeah, what they were a big 80, surprise. Yeah, eighty-five wins last year, um, which apparently play, is good enough for a wild card. In yeah, and a wild, yeah, exactly, a wild, <laughs> yeah, wild card team. Somehow they snuck in with eighty-five. Um, <laughs> but I mean, this is a team that I think 
is ready. I think they're a younger team that is ready to kind of take that next step forward. It's a team that still has a couple big, you know, veterans, guys that have been there a long time. Dozier. I think, yeah, yeah, Dozier, Maurer is still there. Um, so it is guys who, you know, have had big time success throughout their careers. But I do think this is a team now that if a couple of these younger guys take big steps, I think this is a team that I, I don't want to say can is going to take the division from Cleveland because I do think Cleveland is going to win this division. Right. But I, think, I, I wouldn't say that either. But. Yeah, but I, I do think it's going to be closer. You know, last year it was yeah. what, 17 games that separated these two teams. I wouldn't be surprised if it was anywhere from, you know, four to seven games that ends up yeah. separating these teams. I, I think so. I also think they're going to win a lot of games because of the teams that are lower in their division. They get mm-hmm. to play the White Sox, the Tigers, 18 times each, I believe. And then, is that it? You play each, your division rival about 18 uh, times? Six yes, series. yes, yeah. yes, I think so. So, roughly. Roughly right, 18 yeah, roughly. times. Quote, unquote. Kansas City, we'll talk about them in a second. Is there were there any other guys that I missed when I was talking about position players that they added? Um, I was looking. I did not catch any. No. Okay. Yeah. So it was they added two pitchers, which they need a lot of help, and they got Logan Morrison, who's coming off a career year. They got him on the cheap, and I mean, you look at they were considering getting Darvish and paying big money for him, but they ended up getting Odorizzi, Lynn, and um and Morrison for probably about the same price they would have had to pay for Darvish. So I, I think I would say they, that's money well spent. Yeah. Cause one pitcher wasn't going to put them over the edge. So yeah. they needed a couple guys. So I like what they did there. Yeah. You get two arms in Lennon Odorizzi who, you know, aren't big names, aren't going to, you know, be dominant by any means, but I think they're good three and four starters, which I think is where they'll be in this rotation. Um, and then you look at the Morrison signing. He's not a guy who hits a, for a great average, but he is a guy who brings power to a lineup. Um, and you know you can never not you can never have enough power. It's always nice to have another power bat right in the middle of that order. Yeah, I, I, I think you can have too much power, but <laughs> <laughs> your Cubs might have that problem. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep teasing that. We'll get to that. What yeah. were you gonna say? Um, but yeah, I would say, I think you made a great point there. When you look at the money, I don't know how close it was when it, when it came to Darvish versus these three, but you look at the money spent, if it's close, I would say, you know, these three were great fillings for this team just because it gives you depth as in the starting pitching, which you can never have enough of in a long season. Um, and like we mentioned, it gives you a good, powerful bat right there in the middle. Yeah, definitely. So I like where they're, I like they're trending upwards. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping for his own sake. I would love to see Byron Buxton break out this year because his ceiling is still super high. I feel bad for him that he's had such high expectation. That's, that's really tough, especially coming out of high school, but he could be a fun guy to watch for sure. For he's sure. a great fielder and a bit great base runner regardless. Yeah. So yeah, so I guess that's it. Oh, Lance Lynn, I believe, was about a $12 million contract on one year, which, again, I think is a great signing, taking advantage of where the market is right now. I personally believe, out of all the free agent pitchers, Lance Lynn could have the best year out of all of them. Uh, <laughs> be quiet with that one, Jack. <laughs> but no, I, no, I think he's I, underrated. I, no, I do, I, I do think Lynn will have a good season. And it's kind of the same. I mean, we were talking about it with Garrett Cole. A guy like Lance Lynn comes in. This is a young Minnesota, a hungry Minnesota team. You put him in the middle of that rotation. I think he's able to have a good year. 
Yeah, and then they trade for Odorizzi, and yeah, I, I like where they're going. So yeah. I'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Right there, Kansas with City is another team that had an interesting offseason. They lost Hosmer, but Mike Moustakis fell back into their laps. They continued to. I, that rate. is a situation I just don't understand. <laughs> I mean, Moustakis is a good player. Oh, yeah. So he's it's like a, he's getting one year and six and a half million. He is a good player. I think a lot of teams could use Moustakis. And I oh, get, yeah. I get, you know, third base, and I guess he's going to play some first base probably for Kansas City. Um, you know, those are popular positions to have good elite players at. But still, you know, Moustakis is a guy who's had a lot of major league success. A year ago, he was at 272, hit 38 bombs. That's <laughs> yeah. just, it's mind blowing to me that he he's not able to lock in a deal. Yeah, crazy. I mean, I'm sure, I believe he had a qualifying offer that was like 17 million for a year and he turned it down. But So he ended up losing about 11 million. But of course you're going to hit free agency when you're coming off a year like that. Yeah, no question. Um, so he's betting on himself, another one-year contract. The Royals also continued to raid from the Cubs' drawers, adding John Jay and Justin Grimm. <laughs> and, and then they, yeah they have Soler as well correct yeah they have yeah. they have Soler and they ha- picked up Travis Wood last year he's gone and they still have Jason Hamill oh geez yeah <laughs> <laughs> they've got cubbies all over the place it's like a little uh World Series reunion tour although yeah. Jay wasn't on the World Series team but yeah I think Jay is a great is I think he's a really good player too another guy they got on a cheap contract who can really produce John, yeah, John Jay, yep, and he's a guy with a, ma- I mean, major league experience. I think he's expected to start in center. He's always yeah. been a good average hitter, right? Yeah, yeah, he's always been a good average hitter. Um, I mean, he he's not gonna make a huge change to a lineup, but I do think, right. I mean, he's a guy who I do think you know can lead off for you if you need him to. Um, he, he doesn't steal a ton of bases for actually, which is kind of weird because I do feel like he has the speed to steal bases. Um. But, again, he's a guy who hits for a good average. And, again, I mean, just like power, it's always nice to have a bunch of guys who hit for a high average in the lineup. And not a lot of guys stealing bases anymore. That is right very now. true. That is very – I mean, it's it's tough. Yeah. It's, I mean, you look around the league, caught stealing numbers are high. I mean, these catchers are that good. Pitchers are getting so much better, being quick to the plate. Um and it's just tough, guys. It's yeah. tr- it's truly tough. Unless you have elite speed, it's really hard to steal bases consistently. I think, and then another guy you could talk about for a free agent pickup, they picked up Lucas Duda at first base, who not, another nice power bat. So this is a situation that's similar to the Twins, where so the Royals lost Hosmer, but for probably about the same amount of money and way less years, too. Mm-hmm. They got... John Jay, they brought back Mustakis, and they got Lucas Duda. And that is all cheaper than Hosmer's contract this year, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Duda was a very cheap contract because he was kind of, he's coming off some very disappointing years like from yeah. an average standpoint. He was supposed to be kind of the next big thing there for the Mets. Um, through, I feel like or, the Mets have a lot of those kind yeah, of guys yeah. because of yeah, New exactly. York and, early in, and their, early in his career, he was expected to be. Um, but just from an average standpoint, he's been really bad. He's been like an yeah. under 220 hitter. Um, but yeah, I think those are three good signings. Three guys who will probably, looking at this depth chart, play every day for this team. 
Um, and it's just, this is an interesting roster. It's kind of oh, it's yeah. an intriguing. This could be maybe a sleeper if you get a couple of these guys to overachieve. Totally. I agree. I think that they could, they do have the upside to make the playoffs, which strong statement, I know, but the AL wildcards aren't as crowded as the NL wildcards are. And once again, they're going to be playing Detroit and the White Sox a lot. So they could compile a lot of wins. My expectation, though, is it's going to, they're going to have, I feel like they're going to be similar to where they were last year. But instead of trying to go for it at the deadline, I think they're going to sell some of these guys because they have them on good contracts. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Mustakis has a really nice first half and they're able to sell him off to a contender that needs that bat. And in Mustakis' spot, he gets to go play on a contender. So, and they they also can trade John Jay, and maybe they get something in Duda. They're buying low on these guys, and they may be able to sell them for a little higher than what they got them for. That's true. That's the one thing about those type of contracts. Um, they're very yeah. easy to trade. A lot of teams will love to take on those contracts. Um, but a lot of teams, it's team like you said, teams going for it um, because yeah. it's a lot. A lot of times, it's a rental. They're buying. They're essentially renting the guy for the rest of the year, and then he ends up leaving in free agency. Yeah, I think the Royals were, they were getting ready to rebuild, but some of these contracts were just too good to pass up. Yeah. And if I was a team, I'd be like, all right. I mean, this is. Uh, it's not. <laughs> we'll get to when we talk about some of the rebuilding with some of these other teams, but I think the Cubs did a lot of this where they picked up guys and they're like, well, we think we can get some good value out of him. Like Scott Feldman being the obvious one where they flipped him and they got Arietta in mm-hmm. that trade. So I think it's a pretty good rebuilding move. Um, I don't, and I don't see them being in a situation where they're going to be 20 games over 500 um, and they're going to be stuck and they can't rebuild. I think they will be flirting around 500 for the first half. Then they'll, I think, I expect them to sell some guys and then probably finish around third place. Yeah, right around third place, just because of how weak the other two teams are in the yeah. division. I think what holds this team, this team does not have a good starting pitching staff. Um, after Danny Duffy, yeah. they, they really don't have any guys who have had good years recently. Um, so yeah, I, I don't see much from this team as a point. I don't think they'll be contending. Um, but I do think they kind of have like a little bit of an outside chance. Maybe if this lineup's able, like I said, to a couple guys to have overachieving years. Definitely. I agree. I think they're also in a similar spot than from where the Rangers were, where maybe the Rangers don't have, I mean, the the Rangers have a lot of young guys. Royals, maybe not so much. A lot of these guys are, I mean, Mustakas, Alex Gordon, and they still they do have some young players like we mentioned Jorge Soler. I still think as a really high ceiling could really break out as a DH if he can stay healthy, which may be a big if. But the thing that those two teams have in common is they made a lot of trades, and the Royals were able to win a World Series because they went all in. And now they kind of have to rebuild that farm system. So that's what I would expect them to do this year. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, Detroit and Chicago, I feel like are two teams that are very similar right now where they're at. I would say, yes. Yeah, so from a major league standpoint, I think so. Yeah. Um, I think when you look at the White Sox and I don't think these are two teams you really have to get too in depth with. Um, no. I think the White Sox have a very, very promising farm, um, system. I think two to three years down the road, I think 
maybe even just two years down the road, I think we'll know a lot more about this team and kind of how good those farm guys really are. Um, But, I mean, you talk to White Sox fans, they're really happy. They like where their team's at. (laughs) Um, So I I think this is not a team that's going to be anywhere near contention this year. They're going to be bad. But I do think that down the road, we're going to kind of see, you know, how good this farm system is. From Detroit's standpoint, their farm system's not rated as high. Um, but they're just yeah. not going to be, they're not just not going to be a very good baseball team this year. Yeah. And a lot of people are thinking, Hey, maybe the white Sox can move into third place. I mean, it's possible, but I don't think, and maybe that's just because of the other teams are so weak, but I don't, I don't think they're going to make any big moves in the wind column this year. I do think, however, as you mentioned, the white Sox fans are very happy with what they're doing mm-hmm. because, and this goes back to. I think team fans are much more accepting to rebuilding in baseball as a whole, I would say, because here are a couple things to consider, Jordan. Number one, if your team's bad, you still get a chance to see them win maybe 60 times each year. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, so they could win on any given day. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, again, I'm not big on the White Sox this year. No, um, I'm not big on them at all. I mean, they don't have too many guys in their everyday lineup that really have had a ton of major league success. Um, they do have some prospects on the way up. And <laughs> like I said, their, yeah. fans, their fans will tell you that. But um, I don't know. I, I would be surprised if this team ended up third in this division this year. But I do think, yeah, I guess I guess it is possible given kind of how Kansas City's rotation isn't very good. Um, and, you know, injuries can always happen. Um, but we'll have to see. The other part that I would say about rebuilding is, as you mentioned, in baseball, and this is different from other other sports, because in the NBA, it's like, okay, we're just going to sit as many guys as we can. I think in baseball, they're still trying to win these games. Like, I, I would agree. I mean, let's be real. The number one pick in the NBA and yeah. the number one pick in baseball is 195 oh, yeah. times. I mean, it is so different um, because you're getting a – essentially, or at least what everybody thinks is a superstar in the NBA draft, whereas in the MLB draft, you're getting more of a a project in a lot of yeah. cases. Um, a lot of these guys are high school kids. Um, and, I mean, you look at how different the leagues are. The number one pick in the NBA is 100% going to be on the roster the day that camp starts. The number one pick in the MLB... Unless you're Philly. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> the number one pick in the MLB draft is going to be in what low A ball initially. Yeah. So it's it's just such a different rookie process. Ball. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. Rookie ball. It's just such a different process. But in, in addition to that, there's so much talent that you can get in those first few rounds. I don't think there's a big difference between the fourth pick and the twelfth pick. There's not. And that's yeah. that's what play, yeah, you're right there as well. There's a huge difference in the NBA between the fourth and the twelfth often. At least yeah. what people think. Um, you look at that in the MLB, and it's not that big of a difference. So that's why it kind of it doesn't even really help to be the last place team in the MLB unless yeah. you're being a surefire star. Um, the way we've seen with a couple guys, Nationals got lucky when they got Strasburg and Harper back to back years. Um, but apart from that, like it's not often to where the number one pick is a guaranteed superstar in the MLB. But I think, Jordan, I think we need to stop using the phrase tanking in relation to baseball because I, I think it's totally different. I don't think they're trying to lose. I think they're just rebuilding. Like, there's a difference, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I think you have to understand that you're going to have losing seasons when your team's not as good. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they're not tanking. It's not like uh, Detroit wanted to only win 64 games last year. If they yeah. were able to win 70, they would have won 70. <laughs> I, I mean, I agree and, with that. and in the NBA, you can see so clearly that teams are tanking. Yeah, and you're you're making moves. If you're selling off guys, it's because you're trying to fill your minor league system. It's not because, oh, our goal is because we want to lose. It's... Like we're trying to sell anyone who has value so we can help ourselves in the future. Yeah, you're not basically investing stock. Yeah, you're not you're not trading those guys to where your team gets worse and your record gets worse. So you have a higher draft pick. Yeah, you are trading those guys so that you're able to get some farm guys uh, in most trades, at least to potentially help your team down the road. Yeah, definitely. So having said that. I think that seeing the success that the Cubs and the Astros have had with these strategies of rebuilding, being patient, clearing out the system, building it from the ground up, from the minors, I think fans are more understanding of that now. And like I said, if you're a fan, you could go to a game. The tickets aren't super expensive if your team's rebuilding. So you can go and you could see your team win on any given day. And then lastly, I'd say is... It's really fun to watch these guys, follow these guys in the minors, and then when they get called up, there's a lot of buzz in the middle of the season for just a random game in June that may not mean a lot to the other team. But, hey, Yoan Moncada got called up. A lot of White Sox fans were telling me last year they had more fun as a fan than they had in the maybe four or five years previous because they know that there's actually a plan now and they're working towards something instead of, Let's just try to fill the seats. Yeah, I have a great example at the Phillies with Reese Hoskins last year. Yeah. He gets called up for the last month of the season, goes on an absolute tear. I mean, that right there, I mean, this was a last place team. They only won 66 games, but that right there, that was bringing fans to the ballpark. People wanted to see Hoskins play. That right there is a great example of what you were discussing. Yeah, and as a Cubs fan, I had a lot of fun, even 2015. Like, I didn't expect them to make it to the NLCS. I didn't think they'd make the playoffs, but it was like, ooh, it's Addy night, or now it's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Chris Bryant night. And the year before that, Jorge Soler, Javi mm-hmm. Baez. I think I think fans take well to that, and it's really it creates a lot of excitement. I agree. I think it's a great point. So I thought this I thought this was a good spot to talk about that because of how many teams we have that are rebuilding in this division. It is an interesting division, no question. Okay, so let's move on. I'm I'm saying I'm assuming your division uh, pick is Cleveland, right? Cleveland, and I think Minnesota. Oh, we're not saying wild cards yet, are we? No, no wild cards yet. <laughs> I think Minnesota is going to finish second there. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. All right. I I think so, too. I think that's a pretty safe pick. (laughs) Okay, let's move over to a division that is not rebuilding for the most part. And that's the last of the AL, the AL East. This is going to be a really high-powered, exciting divisional race. In a little bit different than the other two we've talked about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a, there's many teams I think that are going to be contending in this division, at least for yeah. at least to win the division. Um, you look around this division. Let's start Yanks. You yeah. add a guy like Giancarlo Stanton. I mean, you're instantly going to get better. Um, you already have a mega power bat in Aaron Judge, and you're able to add a guy like Stanton, who is the most powerful bat in baseball. 
wild, insane. I don't. I'm still wondering <laughs> what the whole process was, what the how how it happened. Uh, maybe Jeter, former Yankee, uh, now Marlins, <laughs> quote unquote GM, I think, um, or owner, whatever, whatever role he has over there, um, may have played a small role in that. But regardless, clearly the Yankees got better, Jack. Yeah, I'd say so. On paper. Yes, on, on paper. paper. Yep, yep, yep. But I do have some reservations about picking the Yankees this year. And w- what, where are you at with that? Well, first of all, they added something that they were already good at. Mm-hmm. Power. They had a lot of power, a lot of strikeouts last year. They lost a couple of guys who I thought were nice glue guys in Starlin Castro and Todd Frazier because Castro put the ball in play a lot. Nice contact hitter. Todd Mm -hmm. Frazier, in my opinion, once he came over, I think he became the heart and soul of that team. Him and Brett Gardner were just great veteran leaders. In addition to that, they fired their manager who helped them greatly overachieve. Now I think Aaron Boone's going to do a solid job, but I wouldn't be surprised if this team comes out of the gate a little slow because of the high expectations, some pressure, and the tra- transition between some veteran players and their having a new manager who has mm-hmm. no experience. That is true. I mean, and I think that always plays a role when you lose kind of a veteran manager the way they did, and they kind of take a little bit of a wild card um, with the, the way they did in Boone. I, I kind of agree with you there, and I think to an extent maybe some of their guys – overachieved a little bit oh, last yeah. year yes um look judge had a fantastic year um what he had, he's 50, got a great future i think he has a fantastic future but i would not be surprised if he took a little bit step a little step down from a year ago he was at what 287 with 52 bombs 284 he, with 52 bombs he slowed down a lot in as the, the year half. went on yep the i think guys half, started yep guys started first to half, him out a little bit i think he hit about 100 points better in the first half than he did in the second half so exactly he's a guy who i think can take a small step back um you mentioned them losing frazier and starling castro look i think starling castro was quietly a great player for them oh totally i think he you know i think he's kind of underachieved or underappreciated yes very underappreciated look do i think dd gregorius is a fantastic uh phenomenal fill-in or uh kind of the future of the yanks at short yes i do well, um, Castro played second. Oh, yeah, and that well, yeah. and that's where Neil Walker comes in. They signed yes. Neil Walker in the offseason. Interestingly enough, though, he may move to first base now. I read this morning Greg Bird is yeah. out for the first six weeks or something yep. this season. So it, there's a possibility that Neil Walker, because he's kind of a utility guy as a whole, he may move to first, and then you'll see, I don't know, maybe Tyler. I don't know. They that might be a little bit of a hole in the opening of that in the opening of the season. That second base slot for this team, losing Bird there because Neil Walker was kind of going to be that second baseman, I think. Um, but this is a still a team with some veterans. Jack, you look at them; they still yeah. have Brett Gardner there. Um, he he plays a good veteran role. Um, yeah, they're obviously the face of the team, really. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, they're obviously extremely talented. Um, I mean, Gary Sanchez is a fantastic catcher. Not a great defensive. Not, catcher, not great but defensively, but great hitter. Yes, yes. I'm talking in the in the lineup, a bat in the middle of the order. You got Judge and Stanton. So this team's going to put up runs. Oh yeah. There's no, and that'll help them over the 
course of 162 games. However, I don't know. We'll see what happens in the playoffs. We'll get to that a little later. Um, and then you look at the staff. I think it's the staff that you know has enough to really contend. Severino at the top. Tanaka. Sonny Gray is the three. CC still. Tanaka, there. I believe, is hurt or he. There are some injury ish concerns. Yeah. It, uh, looks like yeah. It looks like he's just getting knocked around this ring. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. So. I think they could have really improved that starting pitching. I think that would have been a better way to go. Try to bring back Todd Frazier. Keep Castro. Now, Are you talking one... instead of signing Stanton? Yeah, yeah, okay. I would say so. Also, in general, I'm not a big fan of getting these huge contracts. That is a massive contract. That might be he's... an understatement. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I think he's a great player, and he definitely will help them a lot over the next five years or so. But... The Yankees have a history of picking up a lot of these big contracts. It looks like they're starting to move past that, but it seems like Brian Cashman couldn't help himself. Yeah, and the one thing, too, you touched on kind of them filling up the same thing they already have. I mean, Stanton is a guy who strikes out a lot. Um, yeah. I think he had 160 or so strikeouts last year. They already have Judge, who struck out, I think, 200 times last year or something. It was right near the record, if it wasn't the record. Um, and... You add a guy like that, and look, is he gonna? Is he a phenomenal player? Yes. Um, I'm actually not against the move. I think the same way you are, just because I, I actually think this starting staff is still pretty solid. Okay. Um, as yeah. as long as you it's get decent. good, yeah. As long as you get good seasons, at least solid seasons out of guys like Jordan Montgomery, who is I think is the five. You can get a good season, a solid season out of CC. CC had a good year last year. Yeah. His ERA was under three seven, which I mean for CC at age. Holy smokes, 36 the last year. And that's a great year from him. Um, if you can just get solid seasons from those guys, I think this staff is good enough. I think Stanton helps this order enough just with his power. I mean, you can't replace 59 home runs. It, and even if he takes a small step back, say he hits 45 to 50 this year, still, I mean, that is that is something that any lineup would enjoy having. Definitely. I think I want to back it up just a little bit, Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about Joe Girardi and losing him, and then we can move on to another team. The thing is, I I thought Joe Girardi did an amazing job with this team. I mean, Cashman wanted to trade Judge last year before the season started, and look at the year Judge had with Girardi. I think he's done a great job of he managed through A-Rod's retirement and Mm -hmm. all of that. Jeter's retirement, the transition to DD, CC having to enter into alcohol rehab, and the, a lot of these players just I thought overachieved. I thought Girardi did a great job of building these guys up, and I think that that could be a key loss to the team. Now I don't want to take credit away from those players. Mm-hmm. I mean, because they deserve credit and they could still be awesome without without him. But I do think you got to give Joe some credit for how he's been able to take some of these teams two out of the last three years, make the playoffs in situations where they weren't the most talented teams in the division. And I mean, they were, they were one game away from the world series last year and they still fired their manager. It is very perplexing to me. Yeah. I think that's a fair take and it'll be really interesting to see kind of if that has an effect because I mean, it very clearly can, um, you, I think from a Yankees fan standpoint, you're hoping, holy smokes, hopefully it doesn't. Um, yeah. and I think Yankee fans heading into the season are very excited. I think the Stanton signing is very exciting for them. 
Um, but it will be very interesting. The one thing we didn't touch on bullpen wise, I mean, it's a fantastic bullpen. Oh yeah. Fantastic bullpen. And even if the starting pitching isn't great, it's the type of bullpen that can carry them. Um, so again, I think this is a team that will be right near the top of the ALEs. I think that it's good for the league to have a lot of these big market teams like being heavy favorites this year. I think that's a great thing for the league and for just the state of baseball. I mean, no, there are not a lot. I mean, the NFL teams in New York last year were pretty rough. The Knicks are not very good. So to have the Yankees, I think that's great for your league. Oh, no question. It's, it's always, always good for the league when the big markets are uh, not rebuilding. <laughs> yeah. So it, the big hype I've been hearing a lot, and this is from East Coast Media, is the they're really trying to sell you on this is going to be a historic race, uh, pen, or AL East race between the Yankees and the Red Sox, who both look like they got better on paper. Yep, I have heard that exact same thing. Yes, it's yeah. So, I, I think everybody's pushing that narrative. I've seen articles about that on CBS. I've seen article. I've seen people talking about that on ESPN. It is, it is what people think. I think is going to be a fantastic two-team race, which is kind of interesting. Okay, I actually have a dark horse in there. Okay. I'm thinking Baltimore has a good shot here. A good shot to win the division? I, or a good I shot think... to kind of get a, uh, a two-spot kind of in this division? Okay. So I'm doing the exact thing I did with UMBC right here. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. So And, hey, it's Baltimore. Uh, it so Baltimore Magic. I'm not picking the Orioles for the division, and I'm not picking them for the wild card. I mean, we'll reveal our wild cards at the end, but here's the deal. I think that they could sneak up on you as a dark horse here because I think their lineup is close to as good as anyone's. Maybe not doesn't have the star power as the Yankees or the Red Sox, but a lot of big bats in there. Maybe a little, maybe a little quiet. They hit a lot of home runs, mm-hmm. and then they really improved their pitching staff this uh, this winter. They got Alex Cobb, um, Dylan Bundy had a nice breakout year last year. Kevin Gossman is a solid pitcher. They picked up Kashner on the cheap too, who is coming off a career year. And then Chris Tillman, I believe, two three years ago was he had a great. He had a great year two, three years ago. Yeah, that was two years ago, I think. He was yeah. a, he was a he had a fantastic year. Yeah, he won sixteen games two years ago. And I like Buck Showalter too. Mm-hmm. I think he's a great manager. He's a little underrated. I he always seems to rally them when no one believes in them. Yeah, I think if you look at this lineup, I think it's a very intriguing lineup. Um a lot of the same faces we've kind of seen in the Orioles organization for a while now. Obviously Machado, Chris Davis. Um, Adam Jones. Um, Trumbo has always been kind of an intriguing player to me just because he had that one really good year with the Angels a couple years yeah. back. Um, and then ever since, I think last year he was, what was he, a little bit down, actually had a big down, uh, went down big time from the year before with Baltimore. So his initial year with Baltimore, he ended up, he had 47 home runs and hit 256. I think if they can get Trump a good year out of Trumbo, I do think this team can surprise some people. Because um, I do think this is a very good lineup from you know pretty much top to bottom. Um, 
but to me, I don't think the staff is as good as you were discussing it, just because I think they're going to be looking at Cobb as the number one now. And well, he's going to miss his first start. Yeah, he's going to miss his first start. But I think he's going to like if you're looking at who's their ace, I think Cobb will probably be looked at as their ace. And I don't know. I just don't see him as that good of a pitcher. He has had some good seasons. Um, a year ago, he had a three six six ERA. The one that, but and then they did add Kashner, and I thought Kashner was a great signing. Um, yeah. Just because I, he had a good year with Texas last year, very good yeah. year with Texas. Um, it was eleven eleven, but he had a three four ERA. Um, and then these guys in the middle, Bundy, Gossman, two kind of you know middle of the rotation guys. Um, I don't know. I just don't see this staff being good enough to compete with those two top teams in this division. Um, but I do think their offense will be good. I agree with yeah. you in that aspect. I think their pitching's been a weakness for them for a while. Mm-hmm. I think that they upped it. Also, Cobb, I don't think he's a, an ace or an elite pitcher or anything like that. But there's value to him because he he's already been a pretty good pitcher in the AL East. So he's not going to have to make a big... Uh, big adjustment here. Mm-hmm. He's pitched against all these teams and all these hitters' parks, and he's done a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. That's true. That is true. Yeah, I think they're an intriguing team. Um, I'm going to have them finishing third in the division. Okay. Yeah, I I probably will have that too. I just say if there's a dark horse to look out for, maybe it's Baltimore. I I I, I agree with you in that aspect. If if you're gonna <laughs> take, if you're gonna take a sleeper in this division, I think they're the one to take. Yeah, and Toronto is, I mean, they've had a lot of injury issues. It seems like the core of that team is definitely aging. Oh, one more thing about Baltimore. I think they're in a situation where they're going to either be buyers or sellers at the deadline because Machado and Adam Jones are entering their last year. So that's why I would not pick, I mean, there are a couple of reasons why I would not pick them to win the division. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there there's a really good chance that, if they get come out of the gate slowly, that they're going to be trading off a lot of those guys. Yeah, and it'll be interesting if anybody takes kind of a rental on Manny Machado. That would be kind of an intriguing yeah. middle of the season oh, MLB yeah. storyline because obviously as talented as he is, um, and he's going to get a monster contract after this season. Yeah. So it would, it'll be interesting to see if any team takes a chance there. Yeah. Because so then it'll, it'll be hefty. Oh, yeah. So then uh, Toronto – seems like i think we agree that their 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 window is up yeah i agree they still have a nice team they're not bad but i think they're about 500 team yep you look at some of the i mean the big names that kind of that core during their run batista's gone uh encarnacion's gone um they've picked up some guys over the years tulowitzki's so injury prone donaldson is still there they've got some really like justin smoke had a great year last year he did and like grant like granderson he's kind of on the down end of his career he's 37 now there's good value to having granderson as a leader though yeah there is um but yeah i think we agree here where this is kind of a team that you know, they do have a pretty good staff as a whole. Yeah, it seems like the staff is getting better. Yeah, you look at, I mean, having Jamie Garcia as a five and Estrada as a four, I think that's that's a very good staff um, with a lot of MLB experience. Um, Stroman's still obviously at the top of that staff. So, yeah, I, I do think this is a staff that, you know, is good. Um, kind of on the flip side, though, of Baltimore, I don't know if this offense is going to be good enough. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a good point. I could also see Toronto making some uh, wheeling and dealing around the deadline. Yeah, as a they've, seller. they've got some names. Yep. 
with Donaldson's contract expiring too. <laughs> I mean, there could be some big names at that trade deadline. It'll be really, really intriguing uh, stories to watch for sure. And lastly, I mean, Tampa Bay is rebuilding. It's a really interesting roster that they're going to be trotting out. They uh, sold off Steven Souza Jr., um, Corey Dickerson, and maybe we'll see if Archer moves in the middle of the year. I would not be surprised if the Brewers, the Cardinals, or the Dodgers, one of those teams got Chris Archer by July. Wow. You think yeah. so? I mean, it makes I sense. They're I selling. Think it makes sense. Yes, I think it clearly makes sense. Um, he's kind of been a name that's been talked about getting traded for a while. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he's still got a good contract. It's cheap and affordable. That is true. I don't, I don't know why you wouldn't want him, and you could get a nice, nice chunk back. So That is true. The only thing about Archer is, you know, as an ace – you know, he's kind of been a little bit underachieving. You know, you look at, I think a lot of people yeah. look at him as like an ace. You know, the past two years, both years, his ERA has been over four. Yeah. So he's kind of a guy who I think a lot of people view him as extremely talented, Can't should be a front end of the rotation guy. His numbers, though, you know, haven't really said that the past two seasons. The one thing I will say is because you look, yeah, you look at the way he pitches and the way his stuff is, I think there are pitching staffs that are uh, – pitching coaches and managers that look and say, Hey, maybe we can tweak a couple of these things. And then we get him out of the AL East. And where, again, we mentioned a lot of big lineups in this division. And then uh, maybe he pitches a lot better. ERA goes down yeah, on the entire I, run. Maybe. I agree. <laughs> I agree. So let's, uh, who you got Red Sox or Yankees. I think the Yanks will edge them minimally. I think it'll be close. I think think Boston right there. Um, I think both these teams will be anywhere from 90 to 95, kind of the same way they were last year. Um, And I think it'll be Yankees by two-ish games. Okay. I do think it'll be a really good race between those two. I think so, too. I'm going Red Sox. Okay. Yeah, I, I think... Is, is it the addition of J.D. Martinez there? I like... Yeah, that is a big bat. I think they're going to be better. I mean, they should put up more runs than they did last year. The rotation is a little questionable because of some injuries, but on its best day, Chris Sale, um, you got Eduardo yeah. Rodriguez, who's sky-high potential, and then yep. um, Drew Pomeranz. And then who knows if David Price, I mean, we'll see what you get out of him, but yeah, they got to stay healthy though. And I mm-hmm. do think uh, the yeah, Yankees that's the are key. Gonna, this is a kind of injury prone set. And I do think the Yankees are going to have um, some mid season or maybe early season to mid season struggles just with a shift in identity. So I think mm-hmm. that could be the difference take, in this yeah. race. But you think it'll be close? I do think it will be close. Yeah, okay. Yep. So, Jordan, let's. Uh, who you got in the wild card in the American League? Uh, all right, I have the Yanks in the East winning it. I have Cleveland winning the Central and Houston winning the West. I think the Red Sox are a clear wild card favorite if the Yankees win that division. So I'll have the Red Sox as one of my picks. Um, I think it'll be a battle for the last wild card uh, spot. 
But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Angels and Trout. I think Trout has a phenomenal year. I think the Angels, you know, with a little bit of a shaky staff, I think Otani has a good year pitching wise. I think they sneak in in that last wild card spot and edge out Minnesota, you know, by two three games um, as my number two wild card team. Okay, so for the sake of debate, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the. Uh, I'll go with the Twins here. I, I like that pick, though. I think those two teams. Maybe we see a play-in game to get into the wild card. How about that? Yeah, I do. I I'm gonna be honest with you. It really could go either way with those two teams. I think it's. Um, I think those are kind of the two clear wild card, you know, picks for a lot of people. Following, of course, whoever doesn't make it out of the Yanks in Boston initially out of winning the division. Um, I don't know. I just think the Angels. I think they're kind of due. Um, I think Trout is as long as Trout can stay healthy. I think he'll be phenomenal. Um, and I think, like I said, I think that staff maybe is going to overachieve a little bit for the most part to be able to sneak in. I could see it. I would say <laughs> we're, we're like disagreeing for the same reason though. Like <laughs> we're thinking along the same way. Yeah. My way of thinking is that if Minnesota, one of their players sustains an in- injury, I like their depth to be able to overcome that. Okay. Fair enough. Whereas if Trout if they lose Trout, I mean, they had to play without him last year. And, and it, yeah, let's say if he was healthy, they may have been a playoff team because they were right there. That is very true. Yeah, that, I I think you're right in that aspect. I do think Minnesota has the better depth. My hope is for my Angels pick is that they're able to stay healthy. Okay. So, all right. So we disagree there. I have the Red Sox. Or no, I have the – so my division winners, let's see. I have Houston – Cleveland I have Boston and so then I have the Yankees as the first wild card I really though I think that I think both both wild card spots are gonna be pretty close together in my opinion I think they'll be like around let's say 91 and 89 games something like that okay yeah I would say probably pretty close to that yeah I think I have the Yanks and Red Sox both anywhere from kind of 90 to 95 wins. So whoever comes out of that probably does end up right around with 91. Um, yeah, I don't think it'll be like last year. Last year, what Minnesota was a wild card team with 85 wins. I don't think that'll be the case in the AL this year. I think it'll take at least 87, 88. Yeah, definitely. The other reason why I want to go Minnesota, division strength. They have a, they have a weak division. And that, they're going to be able to gang up on those teams. You're 100% correct. That could actually play a big role because down the stretch, I mean, they're going to have some games against a White Sox team that will probably be calling up prospects for the first time. Yeah. And a Detroit team that just isn't very good. So that actually is a a very good point. Um, And really probably one of the main arguments, I think, for Minnesota being a a very uh, high-picked wildcard team is that, you know, you look at this division, it's not good. The the lower, (laughs) the bottom half of that division is not good. Yep, I'm with you. So, moving over to the National League, let's go over to your division, Jordan, the National League East. What are you expecting out of this division? Uh, Well, Jack, kind of like a couple divisions we talked about in the American League, there's a clear favorite. Obviously, Washington heading into this season is the clear favorite. But after Washington, this is a very intriguing uh, division to me. Um Obviously, with Washington, you you have the dynamite staff. You've got the big name bats. Um, I think a team that would you agree, Jack, is probably a lock to win this division. 
Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I would I would say so. And then after that, it's very intriguing to me just because it, one, there's a lot of young teams in this division, a lot of shakeup a little bit from last year as well. You look at a team like Miami yeah. who finished second last year. Holy smoke shakeup. Their entire lineup <laughs> is going to look completely different from what it was a year ago. You have a couple of very young teams. Atlanta is extremely young. Um, they have a very good farm system. My Phil's very young for the most part. Um, and then you have the Mets. And the Mets are always kind of like a wild card to an extent. Yeah. And Mystery it, team. Yep, it comes to, you know, can that staff stay healthy? Can their big bats stay healthy? Cespedes has really struggled to stay healthy the past couple of years, which, um, I mean, there's such a wild card type of team. It's like, you know, are, are we going to get the best of the Mets? Are they going to you know blow up again kind of the way they did last year? I mean, this is a team that finished fourth in a very a pretty weak division last year um, in the Mets. New manager, too, Mickey Calloway. Yes, new manager as well. Um so this is a very intriguing division to me. I mean, I, I could talk Phil's all day, um, but I think Washington here is the clear favorite. Yeah, I'd say so. But I really think, as you touched on a little bit, it's really going to be interesting looking at a lot of these teams moving forward because – believe. I tell me what you think if you agree with this, Jordan. Mm -hmm. Is it championship or bust for the Nationals this year? Because if you look at that, I mean, Bryce Harper is a free agent. Murphy's a free agent. These pitchers aren't going to be in their prime forever. Now, granted, let's say they lose those guys. They're still going to be a pretty solid team with Trey Turner and Anthony Rondon. They mm -hmm. still have Adam Eaton, who's returning, who I think is – we'll talk a little bit about him. Mm -hmm. But I feel like this really could be their last chance to win a championship for a little while, especially given how the Braves and the Phillies look like they could be right there next year. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. Um you look at guys like like Harper, obviously not a lock to come back to the Nationals after this season. There's been a lot of teams that are, you know, expected to free up some space and try and make a run at him when he hits the market. You touched on Daniel Murphy. Murphy quietly was just such a, I guess not quietly, but just such a great signing for them. And he's just, oh, been, yeah. he's just been so good for them. Um he had his his monster year, what two years ago, right around 350 batting average wise, Woo! and then last year it took a little bit of a step down, and heck, he still hit 320. Um, yeah. So you look at the, I mean, this team, Jack, it, they have championship contender written all over them. Um, you look at the rotation: Scherzer, Strasburg, Gio Gonzalez. Um, obviously, the top two; those are you know two probably top ten arms in the league. You know, went 100. percent um, so it's just a very intriguing team, but I'm with you there. I think that it is kind of the last run for them, at least, you know, in the short site, because you don't know what's going to happen with Harper. You don't know what's going to happen with Murphy. Um, and like you said, this division is going to continue to get better. Some of these lower teams, it's going to be tougher for the nationals to win 95, hundred games when they're not able to feast on a lot of the bottom feeders of this division. Yeah, totally. I think, your Phillies and the Braves were very smart in how they orchestrated their rebuilds because it looks like they're going to be starting to hit their, I don't, I don't want to say prime, but mm -hmm. they're going to start entering a very competitive window around the time the Nationals are going to be fall, coming down from theirs, which I think will, I, I, I'm curious what your expect, expectations are for your Phillies this year. Mm -hmm. I don't have them um, going over 500 this year. I think they could, mm -hmm. but... 
I really think you're going to be looking at Braves and Phillies next year, those two teams fighting it out for the division with the Nationals still being in the mix. I would say the Phillies are definitely at least a year away, maybe two years away from fully, you know, competing for the division. Um, I do think, you know, if a couple things go right, though, I think the quietly the Phillies could be in the mix for a wild card this upcoming year. I think a lot has to go right. Um, they need some big steps from some of these young pitchers. But the big thing here, I think, was the signing of Arietta because it gives you a yeah. legitimate number two following Aaron Nola, who continues to get better. He's kind of in that ace role. And honestly, his numbers, for the most part, um, have kind of backed up, you know, becoming an ace. Uh, two years ago, not a great year. Last year took a big step forward. His ERA was right about right around 3-5. I think he takes another step forward as kind of that number one guy in this rotation. Um, and I think where Arietta helps is maybe not with Nola, and he will help Nola a little bit, but I think he helps some of the younger guys behind Nola even more um, because this is an extremely young staff, Jack. Uh, Pavetta... Ikoff, Velasquez, all guys who have good stuff, um, but necessarily haven't gotten it done at the major league level yet. I think Arietta as a veteran helps them. Um, and when I touch on like one or two years away, you look at this lineup the Phils are putting together now. And I think San Carlos Santana was another good signing for the Phils. Oh, yeah. Because um, they had so much money to spend and they still have money to spend if they wanted to. But obviously, they're going to try and save it and make a run for one of these big free agents in the coming years. But I think Santana kind of in the same way with Arietta, I think the veteran role um, with him, he'll help some of these young bats. But a lot of their talented players and a lot of where if this team's going to be good in the next couple of years, if they're going to peak, um, it's going to be two years down the road when these guys are all starting to hit their primes. You look at Hoskins, you look at JP Crawford, who's been a very uh, coveted prospect for a long time. Um, it's a very Scott Kingery. Scott Kingery, and I had uh, I was going to touch on him in a second. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he actually made the major, major league roster. I'm not sure if you saw that. And then I picked him up on my fantasy team. Okay, very smart move. He's going to be kind of. <laughs> I think he's going to be kind of a utility guy. Kind of play, you know, uh, you know, two three games a week. I think probably initially, um, and then I think long term he'll definitely be the second baseman of the future. But Actually, I'd like to get your take on Kingery, just the way the Phillies handled it, because the Cubs didn't handle it the same way with Bryant a couple years ago um, when they kept him down and then, you know, regained that extra year of uh, not eligibility, but extra year of protection on Chris Bryant when they did that. Um, the Phillies instead, they brought Kingery up and then signed him to a six year deal, a little bit riskier, obviously. Um, but what did you, what was your take on that deal? Did you see the deal? Yeah, I saw it. I don't know what the numbers are, but I think it really is. I mean, Chris Bryant, that was three years ago mm -hmm. and look at how free agency has changed over the last three years. Yep. I think that we are going to see a shift in a lot of young players being open to taking extensions. Now that's not to say that Bryant wasn't wanting an extension mm -hmm. or, yeah, I mean, it sure. was, very different. And also, he's Bor Boris is his client, mm -hmm. and Boris is, says no extensions. But given the landscape of how things went this past winter, I think a lot of young players are going to say, hey, give me that extension. Even if it's a little less, I'll mm -hmm. take the I'll take the surety or the certainty of mm -hmm. the contract and in it, dollars. Yeah, the Kingry number, it was six years for $24 million. So you think of a Not player. Bad. Yeah, you think of a player as, you know, high – caliber i mean a lot of writers have said uh that you know he's he could be the next big thing at second base potentially in the league 
Um, it's a very team friendly contract. I think, you know, if he busts six years, 24 mil, it doesn't hurt the fills that much. Um, and then it's kind of a nine year there. There's like a team option after the six years for like 12, 13 and 14 mil a year. So it's a very, it's a very interesting contract. Um, but yeah, I think it gives King Reese some financial security if he were to bust, if he were to have a major injury. And along with that, you know, could give the Phils a very team friendly contract for the next couple of years with him. Speaking of friendly contracts, how about <laughs> we'll go back to Arietta? I think this is a pretty good signing for the Phillies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to weigh in on this from the Chicago side. I do think it was good for Arietta to move on to a new team. He's the kind of guy who loves big challenges, big moments, and he's got a chance that he's got to show that he's got to prove himself again. Mm-hmm. It's only a three-year contract, so there's not a lot of risk attached to that, yep. whereas the Cubs are giving Darvish six years, mm-hmm. um, which makes me a little nervous. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about the Cubs in a little bit. Yep. But this reminds me of what the Cubs did um, a few years ago when they signed John Lester before they got into that competitive window, and it was able to – push the team forward and help lure in some other free agents too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love the Arietta contract. I thought it was pretty perfect for what the Phils needed. They, they needed a big, another Italian in Philadelphia. (laughs) Hey, hey. but they, they needed another, they needed a big arm. They needed a a top of the rotation type guy in which Arietta can be. Um, And I think the contract fit very well. One for Arietta because he's making 25 mil a year, but two, I was nervous if it was going to be anything four or more years. I thought, because I think Arietta at least has two to three more good years in the tank. Anything after that, I was thinking more down the line of, uh, you know, that's kind of, it's a big risk contract wise. I thought three years was perfect. Um, It gives the fills, like I said, a top of the arm rotation guy. Um, And I think, you know, I think you'll see his impact. I, I think he's a perfect fit for them. Um, and I'm really, really excited, <laughs> really excited to bring him in. And I do like what you're saying there about the the whole change of scenery, the motivation type thing, because I cut you kind of did get that sense with him in Chicago, um, especially initially. You know, he wanted to prove a lot of people wrong. And I'm hoping he kind of brings that same uh, energy to Philly. Yeah, definitely. And again, looking at the uh, short contracts, I think this could be a way that a lot of free agency is going to move. You looked at it mm-hmm. in the NFL, Kirk Cousins taking three years, guaranteed money, yeah. a lot of money for three years. I like that move for free agents and for teams. Yeah, yeah, exactly, because teams don't get screwed down the line with the long contracts, and along with that, you're the players. If they produce and they produce at a high level, they make more per year, and then that next contract can probably bring in big numbers as well. Yeah, and also, as I said, I think Arietta he's going to be a fan favorite. I mean, I don't know how many more Italians you have in uh, Philadelphia still, <laughs> but you look at the long list of names. you got Sly Stallone, Rocky Balboa, well, Slash, the same person there, but the Rocky Balboa statue, Vince Papali, mm-hmm. and now you got Jake Arietta. Hey, I'll, I'll tell you what, if he produces, <laughs> if he produces they're going to love level, him. They'll love him, for sure. Yeah. All right, well... um. I guess we could touch on the Nationals a little later as we talk about playoff teams. Mm-hmm. Any any other thoughts you have on just some of these other teams in the division? Yeah, for sure. Real quick, uh, I think Atlanta is is even a little bit farther than the Phils rebuild wise. They have a group. Oh. They, do you think they're ahead? Oh well, I I wouldn't say that. I think they're pretty equal. Okay, but it seems like the Phillies are becoming a little bit of a trendy pick from 
some fans and media. They are. I think a lot of people have high expectations for the Phillies this year. Yeah, I think the Braves are a little bit behind the Phillies when it comes to a rebuild type of uh, deal. I think the Arietta move kind of stabilized that. Um, I think the Braves will be... I think they'll be a little bit better than last year. Um, what they win last year, seventy-two games. I would. I wouldn't be surprised if they're kind of right around that number, maybe a little bit more. Um, but I think again, I think two to three years down the road, you'll really start to see the Braves kind of make a push um, with a lot of that. They're kind of in that farm system deal where they need a couple of those big prospects to pay off. Um, I think Miami is going to be a lot worse than last year. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. they'll be a lot worse. Uh, they won 77 games a year ago. I would expect them to be under 70. Um, and look, they're over under a 66. I would go on under. On yeah, that. I, I actually probably would as well. That seems a little high. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the Mets, I mean, look, they're they're a flip of the coin, honestly. Yeah. Um, the other thing with them, even if the, some of those guys are healthy, I'm really not sure how good of pitchers they really are when you look at that. Like, is Harvey able to produce even if he's healthy at a high level anymore? Um, is Matt's able to produce at a high level even if he's healthy anymore? I think you can still get great innings out of Syndergaard and DeGrom. I think those are the two. Um, but after that, their rotation is really, really kind of flip of the coin type of deal um and you look at their lineup again they've had some injury issues there i'd like the todd frazier signing there i think oh yeah I think, great signing. i think that was a good signing um, adrian gonzalez another great pickup yep. for nothing yeah exactly and they've got some veterans kind of all over the place jay bruce is in the outfield they still have cespedes there conforto is an intriguing player um so i do think the mets will kind of i think they have the roster to at least potentially be pretty solid um but I'm, I'm I'm just not very confident saying uh, yeah. that they're going to be able to contend for a wild card spot. I, their roster reminds me a little bit of the Braves' roster last year, mm-hmm. where they had like a couple of these guys, Markakis, yep. Matt Kemp. Mm-hmm. But I think they're an average team at yes, best. Yes, I think and, so too. Yeah, and the other thing is, I know a lot of people don't want to talk about it, but we saw this whole ordeal three years ago. Should Matt Harvey pitch in the playoffs when he's on an innings restriction, all that? Mm-hmm. And it, the Mets, I don't think, handled that very well because that was very out in the public. They went with him, and look at what's happened to Harvey since. Yeah. And it raises questions about why these pitchers haven't been able to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting storyline to look at. They had a change in managers, and so we'll see how that unfolds. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you, you can't expect them to produce i mean you just can't expect them to stay healthy and like you said we don't know what Matt's is and zach wheeler is going to start out the year in triple a so we just don't even know what those pitchers are at this point exactly so we both we both agree in this division it's washington's to win yes and i don't have any of these teams in wild card contention okay i have a uh i have one of them battling but probably not making the wild Phillies? yes i think that i think they will battle <laughs> okay so did i miss i thought you said that you had the braves ahead of the Phillies. no I, I i think you heard me wrong i the okay. the braves are a little bit behind the Phillies when it comes to the rebuilding process. oh yes. okay yes gotcha yep. all right now that makes sense yes okay <laughs> yeah i i'd expect i think those three teams are really going to be pretty close together in the 70 win yep. area yep i would say um, high would... of 80 mm-hmm. for Maybe the Mets and the Phillies. Uh-huh. And then 
Miami is just Bad. a mess. Yeah, <laughs> not good. <laughs> and it, it's I don't know. I don't want to talk a lot about Miami, but I mean, they're I feel bad for that fan base just seeing how brutal the new ownership took things over. I don't think a, a lot of things I think were handled very poorly. Brutal. And as a fan, how can you be excited? You know, and they're still charging about the same price for season or season ticket holders. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, that's just abusive relationship with your fan base. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So, yeah. Anything else here? Uh, or... No, I think we're good on the East. Okay, so let's go to my NL Central. Jordan, what's your read on this? I think this is going to be a really fun division, Jack. I, yeah, I really do. I think I it's think so. one of the more intriguing divisions when you look at teams at the top. I think there's three teams in this division that can truly contend um, to try and win this division. I think so. I think so. Um, I think, look, I, the Cubs are my favorite. Looking at that lineup, I just can't see a way to not pick them. Um, one thing that scares me a little bit about them is their rotation. Um, just because, you know, these guys are starting to get older. A couple of their key arms are starting to get older. You look at Lester. Um, is the one that comes to mind really there. Um, I, and I'm not huge on the Darvish signing. Um, yeah, the way that a lot of people are, that's, that's one thing that kind of blurs me a little bit in this division is, you know, he's, yes, he's he's very, very good pitcher, but he scares me, man. Sometimes I'm sometimes I'm just not sure he's actually truly an ace. Um, yeah. And that's he's the, had Tommy John didn't pitch well in the World Series. Yeah, and yep. that's where the Cubs are going to need exactly. the help in the playoffs. They're, it's not the division. Exactly. Really. They're going to need the big innings. And I'm just not sure Darvish is the guy who's going to be able to provide them. But again, I think this lineup is good enough to win this division. I mean, you, you look at the lineup one through nine, one through eight. There's not really a weak spot when it comes to the offensive lineup. And I think they'll be good enough. Um I think Milwaukee and St. Louis, both extremely intriguing teams. I think they'll both be right there. I truly do. I think this is going to be a very competitive division. And then after that, I think it kind of sails off a little bit um, from who's going to be kind of in the four and five spot. Um, but would you agree that they, I mean, you're obviously you're a Cubs fan. Do you see it the kind of the same way where they're kind of the favorite here and those other two teams are going to be lurking? Yeah, I definitely think so. I I think we can have a little bit of a toss-up conversation here with the Cardinals and the Brewers. Mm-hmm. Or do you want me? Do you want me to hit the Cubs first? Hit the Cubs first, and then we'll roll to those. All right. So the big storyline is, if you just look at Chicago media, the Cubs really want you to believe that Kyle Schwarber is different <laughs> this year. <laughs> I've seen about like forty different stories telling me that we hear stories. We hear way too many. I've heard way too many stories over the year about Kyle years about Kyle Schwarber. And I still here's the thing. I want to make myself clear. I think he can still be a great player. And Jordan, you and I, we both love Indiana Hoosiers. Yep. He's well, a, I, I, I don't Indiana love guy. them. I'm a Valpo guy, but okay. but, but I, I, I respect them. <laughs> okay, we I shouldn't say love, but we both lived in Indiana. Yes. yes. And we've gone to Bloomington yep. multiple times yep. each. Fantastic campus. And your dad attended Indiana. He did indeed. So, I mean, we I we want to see him succeed. I mean, this is not I mean, like I would love to see him have a great year. Yeah, there's no personal but, vendetta against Kyle Schwartz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we just got to make it clear couple of points i mean i just need to see it to believe it i these are great stories and everything but 
there's a lot of hype on this guy and he's had some big moments, but I think his reputation has built been built around like a mythical Greek legend rather than the reality of what Kyle Schwarber is. Can we talk and that, can we talk about the yeah. fact that he's never hit over two forty six in an MLB season? Yeah. I mean that that's the number that pops out to me. We know the power that he has. Um we know the, oh, yeah. the story of him slimming down in the offseason. But you know, can he can he prove to be a consistent bat from more than just hitting a home run? He's been a big strikeout guy in his career. Um, what he strike out 150 times a year ago. Um, I just need to see more from him for as much hype as he gets year in and year out. Every year, Jack, we're reading this, these stories every single yeah. year. Um, and to me, I think there's a, there's a lot of guys on this roster that are a lot more intriguing than Kyle Schwarber. And it feels like all I see is stories about Schwarber. I agree. <laughs> I, I agree. We can hit on those guys in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Schwarber, his first career against left-handed pitching is he's a 150 hitter. And, and that screams. That's that screams out to you. You can't. The story that the Cubs keep saying is this Albert Almora Jr. guy, who I think is amazing. They're like, yeah, he he can't hit right-handed pitching. And they're like, he's a platoon player. Well, if you look at the numbers, him and Hayward for their careers hit right-handed pitching better than any other outfielders on the team. They're both 275, mm-hmm. which is really good. Mm-hmm. And. So Almora is basically penalized for being great against lefties because he hits 320. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's typical for a lot of guys to hit better against oh, one for side. Sure. For sure. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like he's hitting 150. It, it's so very I, interesting. That's just not a correct story. <laughs> very interesting. But yeah, I mean, Schwarber is, Schwarber is right now what Schwarber is. I think he's a power bat and that's about it. He's not a yeah. good defender. He, he hasn't been a good defender since he's been in the league. They've attempted to kind of move him around in the past. Um, and it's just, you know, can he take the step forward? I think that's the big question with him. Um, and, and we'll kind of, I guess, kind of a wait and see because it's clear he's going to get the opportunity. Yeah. Well, I, I my expectation is that the Cubs are going to let Ian Happ, Kyle Schwarber, Albert Elmore Jr., those guys will all be getting in there the first yeah. 40 games. Yeah. They should all be getting some looks. Mm-hmm. But the other thing, you you bring up his fielding. It's been weak. We'll see what happens. I mean, he's lighter, so he should be a little quicker. True. But you That's also have point. to think about he's had a knee injury, which is just – it's I don't know. I hate the fact that I have to watch him play left field because I just worry for him. Yeah. It's because interesting. Because this – yeah, I don't know what the exact number is, but my sister had an ACL tear. She shared a statistic with me, or a theory. I don't know mm-hmm. if this is proven, how this is proven, but the odds of tearing your ACL at any given moment are about one in a million. Mm-hmm. And then after that's happened once before, then it's all of a sudden now it's a one in 33 chance. Oh, geez. Yeah. That's, so <laughs> That's a big jump. Yeah, so you see a lot of athletes with multiple knee injuries, mm-hmm. and it's very sad. I I really just would like to see Schwarber get a chance to DH because I think he could be an awesome DH. Yeah, I think he'd be. I think that's where he would fit best on a on a baseball team, no question. And also, that's not. I'm that should not be an insult about him. In no. fact, that should be a compliment because Jordan, like a lot of players, have talked about. It's really hard to be a DH and only focus on hitting because you're thinking through all of your at bats. Mm -hmm. 
But Schwarber's proven to do a great job DHing. He DHed in the World Series. His DH numbers last year in interleague play were better than they were when he was playing left field. Mm-hmm. So I would love to see him get a chance. I don't want the National League to adopt the designated hitter. Mm-hmm. But it's clear that the Cubs, this is it for Schwarber. This is really his chance. They're going to give him, this is going to be a big telling year for him. And if he struggles, I mean, they may move him so Bryce Harper can play left field for the team next year. <laughs> I re- just saying, so you know, I really hope Harper doesn't go to the Cubs. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that'd be great. For I this, really but. hope he doesn't. Um, I, I talked this rotation a little bit. What are your thoughts on the rotation? Rotation is really good. I think this is a team that you're looking at 162 game season. They're built wonderfully for it. I think as well. Um, I agree as well. We can talk a little bit more about their playoff chances mm-hmm. and why I'm a little down on them for the playoffs once we get to our playoff talk. Mm-hmm. But I do think, yeah, it's a good rotation. I think Tyler Chatwood, um, they're taking a flyer on him. I think he could be a solid pitcher. And I, 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 mean, I think five? it's pretty good. Is, yeah. Okay, okay. Which is an upgrade over Lackey. Yep. And then the two guys that I think are going to be the two the team's two best pitchers are two guys that are very overlooked. You know what I'm talking about? I would say Hendricks and Quintana. Yeah. Yep. I think Quintana is going to have a great year. Um, Hendricks has had the lowest ERA among starters on the team the last two years. Hendricks has quietly been their best pitcher. Yeah. And I think he can, I still think he can move in and become an elite pitcher mm-hmm. in the national league. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't get nearly enough talk for as good as he's been. I would say. Compared, to, I mean, you're, and, when you th- when you were thinking Cubs rotation, you've been thinking Arietta, you've been thinking Lester. Yeah. Um, Hendricks has kind of always been that third name. Now I think it'll be interesting to see. I think obviously Darvish will be talked about, but it'll be interesting to see if kind of Hendricks jumps into kind of one of those you know star pitching or star pitchers that gets more talk when it comes to the Cubs. Yeah, I I agree, and I think Quintana last year had a big cloud hanging over his head. The first half of the season, always answering questions. Yep. Are you ready to get traded? Who are you going to yeah. get traded to? Yep. Um, he knew he was moving. Luck, fortunately for him, he didn't have to go very far to the north side. <laughs> yeah, And I think he's going to get a chance. He'll be used to spending an offseason with the team, pitching at Wrigley Field. I think he's going to have a great year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I think this rotation is set up extremely well for um, for regular season success because they've got a lot, but I don't, a lot of guys who can produce consistently. But... I, I would not say they're the best in baseball, which is another mm. Chicago media story I've been seeing a lot of lately. Uh, best rotation? Yeah. Oh, my. No, I, I would not agree with that either. And lastly, I think the bullpen made some subtle improvements. Um, I mean, we have to talk a lot about the Cubs. We'll, we'll, we, we will get to these other teams, but I know we have a lot of Cubs fans that listen yeah. to this podcast. Yeah. And we, we talked to Phillies. We'll talk Cubs. <laughs> the the bullpen situation is interesting. They picked up some nice names. Uh, Steve Sishek, yep. who was he with the Phillies at one point? Um, not recently. Not, yeah, you're thinking Nishak. Nishak <laughs> is, is was with the Phillies and now is back with the Phillies. But no, Sishek is not. No, or has not. Yeah. Been, yeah. Okay. So Sishek, you have um, Brandon Morrow, who pitched a lot of big yep. innings for the Dodgers last yep. year. And then their Cubs are counting on a couple of these guys to have bounce back years as, as they are in the, in the batting order. Um, Justin Wilson did not pitch well since coming over. Mm-hmm. Look for him. Maybe he'll step it up a little bit. And then Carl Edwards Jr., I think he got kind of tired out as the season went on. I think he's still got a very high 
high ceiling. I think he could be emerge as maybe a potential closer, if not this season later in his career. Is their bullpen set up right now for Morrow to be the closer? I am. Yeah, but yep. it's yeah, it's it's not um, a lock, lock okay. for sure. Okay. For to start the year, it will yep. be. The, the other thing is I would not be surprised if they add a big reliever over the course of the mm-hmm. season because while these guys are all really good, they don't have a Wade Davis. They don't have a Chapman. They don't have a lockdown guy. Yep. Yeah. Kind of one of those guys to come in and close the door. And one other concern, you look at what how Davis was used over the course of the regular season. You look at how Chapman was used in his short stint with the team. Yep. I, I know I don't want to bring this up, but – you also have to wonder a little bit about how Madden's using these pitchers, why they're all tired out. Uh-huh. You mean during the yeah, during the regular season to where when it comes time, postseason time, yeah. these guys are kind of... Because yeah. Wade Davis was not the same pitcher in October from where he was in July, mm-hmm. where he's locked yep. down. And so same with Carl Edwards Jr. Yep. Yeah, that is interesting. Uh, definitely something to look out for, I would say. Yeah, and then lastly, I'll go back to the batting order. There are a couple of guys I think are going to have some nice bounce-back years. The Cubs are really re-upping on a, a batting order that didn't get it done in October last year. But I, I think Jason Hayward's going to have a good year. Look, I, I've always been a big Hayward supporter ever since they yeah. signed him. I, I know he gets a ton of hate. There were a lot of people saying he was – um, like deserving of being benched last year and, yes. and stuff. Oh my and, and that's just not what the Cubs signed him for. First off, he's fantastic in right field. Yeah. He's a ph- he was a gold yeah. glover last yeah, two he's years. He's a phenomenal right fielder. So that alone, even if he's not hitting overly well, he's giving you a plus glove and right. Um, and really last year he gave you, you know, kind of what I think you would expect from Hayward, to be quite honest with you. Um, yeah. He hit, what, 260? Um, 260. Yeah, 260. I mean, for the majority... Doesn't strike out a whole yeah, lot. Yeah, exactly. For the majority of his career, he's been kind of right around 260. So it's not like it, last year was a bad year for Hayward by any standard of kind of what he's done throughout his career. Um, look, I, like I said, I think he gets a lot of hate. I think he's gotten a lot of unwarranted hate yeah. from Cubs fans. Um, and look, I think that happens when you kind of have a short leash on a championship contender. Um, but... I, you know, I think I would agree with you. I think he'll kind of I think he'll have a good year. I, I would not be surprised if Hayward put together a good season. I think really the I mean, I think a lot of people have just misperceived him, if that's a word, uh, <laughs> over the last few years where two years ago when they signed him, there were a lot of pe- fans who, and people like media people writing articles. He could win MVP this that's year. That's not what Hayward now, is. I don't, yeah, I don't think he. I don't think that is what no. he is. I think he could still end up making a couple All Star teams and being a really good mm-hmm. player. But then now people are saying, "Oh, he's trash. He's garbage. He's not that either. He's a really good player." Yeah. I. I mean, again, wh- why they're saying that is probably he was coming off that year in St. Louis when the Cubs initially signed him. He had that fantastic yeah. kind of quote unquote career year for himself. Hit over two ninety. Um, had a, a, what, 23 stolen bases, 13 bombs. And then he had that down year, and I think that's kind of when Cubs fans all kind of, you know, let go of Hayward kind of as a quote-unquote fan favorite compared to a lot of other guys on this roster. They just didn't like him as much. Um, And that down year kind of gave him that narrative. And then last year, like we said, I mean, he had a very solid year last year. Um, 
and it, now it's just going to be interesting, you know, if he puts together kind of, again, the numbers he put together last year, will Cubs fans start to come around on him a little bit? Or, you know, are they going to want to see more of a, a different guy come in and kind of fill in that right field position? Yeah, and also, I mean, it doesn't help that there are a lot of good outfielders that, on That is team. one thing that um, I think plays a big role into why you see, you know, some of the fans talk the way they do about Hayward. Also, Ben Zobrist is looking more and more like an outfielder now mm-hmm. because he's aging and mm-hmm. whatnot. The other thing I will say is, so his first year he batted, I believe, around 230, yep. right? And With the Cubs, yeah. Last year yep. he kicked, yeah, he kicked it up 260, to 260. Yep. So, and they brought in Chili Davis, who they, is working with him closely. He's a good batting coach. Is It's reasonable. He could kick it up another 15 points, and he's 275. That's pretty oh, good. Oh, yeah, and like we touched, touched on, if you're getting 275 and a plus 11 right field, you're you're happy with that production. No question about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, so. And then the other guy, um, just real briefly, that I think is going to have a bounce-back year that I think fans are really sour on, um, for a couple of reasons, uh, one of them we won't name, but that's Addison Russell. Mm-hmm. I think Addison Russell is—he's only—he's my age, twenty-three, <laughs> twenty-four. Yeah. And there are a lot of people who are like, "Oh, well, Ian Happ is the same. I mean, is better. He can hit better. Whatever. I mean, Addison Russell is an elite defender, yep. and he also has logged three years in the big so mm-hmm. far. So he could still." He could still get better. He's further along in his development than Hap is. I I like Hap. I think he's a good player. But I mean, you're looking at Russell. I think you have an elite defender there. He should, if he's healthy. He had some injury issues mm-hmm. last year, and then two years ago he hit 20 homers and a lot of RBIs. And he's been he's been big in a lot of clutch situations too. Yeah, to me, he's kind of one of the I would say maybe the weakest bat as a whole in this order, just because he doesn't hit for a good average, or at least hasn't proven he's been able to really hit for a good average in his three seasons. Um, but like you said, I think he's great in the field. Um, and I think you, there's value. Yes, to no, that. There's no question of value to that. You need, you want a, a good glove at short any day of the week. Um, and I think he kind of played, you sense that he plays a little bit of a leadership role, I think as well. Um, when he's out there on the field, even though he's only what, like we touched on 24, um, so I do yeah. think, yeah, lead by example, lead by example guy. Yep. he's pretty yep. quiet lead by example type of guy. Good guy though. I've met him a couple <laughs> times. Nice guy. boy. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, I don't, ex- I don't expect to, I think he's always going to be kind of a very kind of mediocre hitter, but I do think he will, uh, can, if he hits 20 bombs, I'll tell you what, I think this, the, the fans will love to have a 20 bomb shortstop who plays plus defense. I, I actually disagree. I think he's going to up his hitting, and there's plenty of time yeah, for that him. He is young. So yeah. he's he's been around 240 for his career, I believe. Pretty consistent. Let's I say, think it's all like 238 to 242 in his three years. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to guess – I'm going to say he kicks it up to 260. This that year. would be a big jump. No question. Yeah. I think yeah. If, he, but, if he hits 260, I'll tell you what, his lineup's going to be really scary. <laughs> really yeah. scary. All right. Well, let's – that's plenty of uh, Cubs gush and mm-hmm. love. Not really, yeah. but a lot of Cubs talk. <laughs> Let's do our toss-up segment here. I think we're split on these two teams, Milwaukee and yep. St. Louis. Jordan, who do you have? Or do either? Do you have either of these teams in the wild card? I we can kind of cut ahead. To I that think here. Milwaukee is going to be a wild card team this year. I I personally love what they've done in the off season. Um, 
I am a big Christian Yelich guy. I was kind of hoping the Phils would honestly attempt to make a move for him. Um, he's just such an intriguing young player. Uh, he's 26, so he's entering kind of those prime years. He's put together some really good major league seasons, Jack. Five years in the majors, yeah. 280-plus every single season. Um, he's right around kind of a, at least the past couple of years, the speed's gotten better. He's, he stole 16 bases a year ago. Only two times got caught stealing. Earlier in his career, he was getting caught stealing a lot more. He's becoming a better base runner. Along with that, you're starting to see the power pick up these past couple of years. Uh, in 2015, he only hit seven homers. The past two seasons, he hit 21 and 18. So you're, you're seeing a guy who's really starting to develop as a player. Um, I thought he was a fantastic pickup for them. I think he'll be great for them. And the other one, obviously, is Lorenzo Cain. Um, we touched on this a little bit in the American League. At least we touched on these two. And I think we were kind of split on these signings because I, I kind of touched on I was big on them. You were a little bit lower on these compared to some other teams yeah. um, that made a sign. Uh, Kane's another guy. He's been absolutely fantastic the last four years of his career. Um, he hits for a good average. Um, he steals bases. He's another dynamic guy to have in the lineup. I thought both of those picks were fantastic for this team. Um, and I, I, just, I just think this team's kind of ready to make that next step. I think getting those two guys kind of prove that they're going to you know, try and go for it a little bit. Um, and it's a team, Jack, that quietly was 10 games over 500 last year. So this is a good baseball team that I think added two very good hitters. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they took the next step and made the wild card this year. All right. I see. Here's the thing. I like the mm -hmm. players and I think they're good signings for really any team. Cause I, we both like these kind of guys who are good fielders, good hitters, good yep. base runners, but here's the, but. <laughs> Milwaukee had a pretty good outfield last that year. That is true. And they moved uh, Lewis Brinson, who's a guy with a really another really – I've said high ceiling probably like six <laughs> different times on this podcast. But, I mean, so they moved him for Yelich. And I, I get it. Yelich mm -hmm. is great, all that, whatnot. But Keon Broxton did a good job. They're going to have a great defensive outfield, no doubt. I just think they got a, they got better at something they were already pretty good at. I would have liked to see them up their pitching staff. Mm -hmm. I think that is the one spot maybe they should have made an upgrade, whether it was to try and sign one of these guys like an Alex Cobb, a Lance Lynn. Um, obviously, they missed on those guys. I would say, yes, I would say that they probably should have tried to make a splash for a starting pitcher in some capacity. Even Arietta. Yeah, that would have been, that have been that a big, been a big story? statement. I think I guarantee you Cubs yeah. fans are happy he didn't end up in Milwaukee. <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. So I like, I think Milwaukee will be decent. I think the other thing is they had a lot of young guys who started to have some good years last year. Some may regress a little bit as mm -hmm. they adjust. They're really yep. young still. Um, but I like St. Louis a lot this year. Interesting. What about St. Louis is very intriguing to you? Really the big one. And this is something that Milwaukee also could have done this because Milwaukee has a lot of good bats. Um, they have Ryan Braun, but they don't really have a big, big bat superstar mm -hmm. kind of guy. St. Louis for the last three years or so has been a nice system. A lot of really good players with who hit for contact. And Jordan, I think you got to have a little bit of power in there. I mean, we both love contact hitting but i think you gotta have a mix of contact have and power yep you have to 
Cardinals got Marcelo Zuna, who last year had a great, great year. He's been trending upward each of the last two years. He's a good defender. And truthfully, <laughs> I think he could be win the MVP this year. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'll tell you what, That's Jack. The, the Marlins made a lot of teams better this offseason. <laughs> they did. <laughs> I'll tell you they what. And, and it's interesting. All three of these guys kind of, at least I'm talking their outfield, and Ozuna and then Yelich and Stanton, all three of them went to contenders Yeah, to an extent, I, too. Excuse me. Yelich is a great player. I, I should say that. Yes. But big RBI guy, no, yeah. Ozuna. Mm-hmm. And then I like – so I think they fill in, they plug in that big bat. They have a good history of trading for guys that they want. They got Scott Rowland, mm-hmm. Jim Edmonds, um, a couple other pitchers over the years. And they've got your boy Dexter Fowler. Dexter Fowler is probably, Not Dustin Fowler. <laughs> I think Dexter is going to be back in the leadoff role this year. Mm-hmm. It was a little odd that he wasn't leading off for them considering – I mean, that's what – they paid him to do. That's what he is. He's a leadoff yep. guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's moving over to right field. That'll be interesting to watch. But I, I like this lineup a lot. Uh, Matt Carpenter has been going down a little bit, but he's still a really good player. And then really the big thing, though, is the pitching staff. They have two or three really, really, really good pitchers. They have Carlos Martinez. They have uh, Reyes. Those are a couple of big arms for young guys. And they have the typical Cardinal guys like Waka and Wainwright who should do all right forever. (laughs) Yeah. So, and I just trust them as a system, how good Mm -hmm. they've been with developing players, reading players, knowing when to let go of players. And it's going to be really interesting to watch. Yeah. I think they're, they're no question an intriguing team. I do think Ozuna makes them better. Um, I'm probably not as high on their staff just because I think there's some question marks behind Martinez. I think Martinez yeah. is a fantastic arm. Um, but again, Waka's been kind of, you know, the past couple of years hasn't been that great. Wainwright's been hurt, hurt, hurt pretty much every season. Um, and he hasn't been able to produce kind of at that elite level that he once was. And you can just kind of have some questionable arms, I think, young guy wise in this staff. Um, but it does seem like the Cardinals always do a nice job with prospects. They always do a nice job uh, developing players. So I wouldn't be surprised to see some young arms kind of come into this rotation and do a nice job. And again, I think that both these teams are going to be in the trade market for Chris Archer uh, this yep. summer. Somebody's going to try and make a move. Yep, somebody's going to try and make a move, Archer, 100%. So the Cardinals now, they have a big bat. I think they're going to up their run production. That's what's been missing. I, I'm looking forward to, I think, and I know a lot of Cubs fans aren't looking forward to this, <laughs> but from the fan, from the perspective of baseball, baseball fan, don't you want to see Cubs Cardinals in August where it's it four games? Yeah, mm-hmm. like four games separating them, something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know if that'll be the case, but the atmosphere for those games are just great. Yeah, it's it's definitely two fan bases that don't like each other. But respect, but respect each other. it. Yeah, you beat me too. I was gonna say, but respect <laughs> each other. You beat me with the punchline. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I went to a Cardinals game wearing a Cubs hat, and the people there were like, "Oh, you're a Cubs fan? That's cool. And what do you, you like Wrigley Field? Like, we don't like your team, but you seem like a nice guy. <laughs> like, yeah, all right, it's, it's two understanding fan bases for sure. Yeah, it's like a sibling rivalry. Mm-hmm. So. Do, you, do you think we need to touch on Pittsburgh, Cincinnati at all? Either of these yeah. two teams intrigue you? 
Okay, so I want to comment on Cincinnati and Pittsburgh a little bit too. The thing with Cincinnati, it just kind of breaks my heart for Joey Votto that he's stuck on this team. And you're wasting is, such a great prime. I know. And in addition to that, they really should not be that far away if you look at how good their lineup is. Mm-hmm. They remind me a lot of where the Diamondbacks were two, three years ago, and they just didn't have any pitching, and they had a stacked lineup. Mm-hmm. What uh, What about this lineup? Do you think is so good? I mean, they just apart from, yeah, apart from Votto. Uh, well, you look at Duvall, yep. Scott Shebler, uh, Billy Hamilton is a great base runner, great speed fielder. Guy. Yep, speed guy. They pick up a lot of these guys. Scooter Jeanette had a great year for them. Well, they lost Cozart, but... I think Cozart was a big loss for this team, honestly. Definitely. I mean, I don't have high expectations for them, but they have Mm -hmm. some good young guys. Even after they lost Brandon Phillips and Todd Frazier and Jay Bruce and all those guys, they're still churning out a lot of runs, and they hit well. True. Um, What's his name? Uh, Suarez? Eugenio Suarez? Yeah. Yeah. So I like the lineup a lot, but the pitching staff... They have a couple of young guys that'll be interesting to watch, but realistically, this is they have. I mean, Homer Homer Bailey is their opening day starter. (laughs) I think that that kind of sums up that staff as a whole. I think they have a couple of young guys, like you mentioned, but Homer Bailey's a guy with over a six ERA the past two years, and he's their opening day starter. But I think that if they followed that, um, the Dimebacks blueprint, where you bring in a Taiwan Walker, a Zach Greinke. I really don't think they'd be that far away from contending in that case. Mm-hmm. So you think it's kind of their staff that will hold this team back? Yeah, definitely. Okay. okay. Yep. I, I I don't think this is that good of a baseball team. Um, I'm not as big on some of those guys you mentioned in their lineup either. Um, but look, it, it is a kind of a shame Joey Votto's primes being wasted yeah. the way it is because he's a phenomenal player. Oh, really, yeah. really has been an MVP caliber player. Um, Really I thought he should have won MVP last year. Yeah, throughout his career. Um, yeah. I mean, and he's very consistent, too. And, you know, with a lot of stars, sometimes you don't see that. So, shout out to Votto. Yeah. Votto's the man. He's awesome. Um, and I hope he does get a chance to get back in the playoffs. Yeah, at some point. And then Pittsburgh, really, the only thing to talk about is they lost McCutcheon. one of the most – yeah, one of the most meaningful players to their city that they've had in a while. I I truthfully believe and I'm I'm a Steelers fan. I follow the other Pittsburgh teams, Jordan. Mm-hmm. I could I think you could say that Andrew McCutcheon was their most meaningful star that they've had over the last six, seven years in all sports. Wow, even with the Steelers having, you know, A B and Big Ben and well, see, the thing is, that's the thing. The Steelers have had so many good that, that players. That is true. Yeah, maybe it always hasn't been one name. And then I know you're not a hockey fan, but in the, the Penguins have won multiple Stanley Cups over that stretch. Yep. But they also, in addition to Sidney Crosby, they have Evgeny Malkin, who I know, again, I know you're not a hockey fan, <laughs> but he might win the MVP this year. Okay. And he's not even the best player on his team. Gotcha. If because Phil Cros- Kessel, Cros- Mark Cros- Andre Fleury, yeah, yep. Crosby. Mm-hmm. But I think you look at what McCutcheon meant to the Pirates, and I know we should probably try to speed up a little here, but I just I can't I I don't want to uh, understate this because this was a team that went 18, 19, 20 years without making the playoffs, without having a winning record, mm-hmm. and Kutch came in, won the MVP, 
great high character guy, phenomenal a huge yeah. fan favorite. Yep, and he didn't want to leave, but I don't know. I think at some it, point it has to come to an end. Yeah, you yeah. you got to rebuild at some point. This yep. was a team that three years ago won ninety eight games, and if right. they hadn't had to play the Cubs in the wild wild card game, I think they could have won the World Series that year. That's how good they were. And I think you, I think up. we had a podcast, and I think you picked them to beat the Cubs in that wild card game. Yeah, radio <laughs> back then. I think. Yep, back in the WBUR days. <laughs> but I mean, so that that's just kind of sad. Um, he wrote a good Players Tribune piece about his time in Pittsburgh. I think he wants to come back at some point to finish his career there. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I mean, Pirates are rebuilding. That's the statement they made with those trades. Interesting move to get Corey Dickerson. But, yeah, I don't see them. I see them around 70 wins. I don't think they're going to be horrible. but And they have a young pitching staff that should be interesting to watch. Yeah, they have a couple in, in, of intriguing bats, too. I think Marte is an intriguing player. Obviously, yep. he was suspended last year. Um, for what, like half the season, um, he's yeah. had a good spring, so he, he may kind of move into that. I don't want to say star role, but to an extent, he may end up being kind of the face of this team, um, just because I think he's really talented. And it was very disappointing last year when he did end up getting that suspension because I thought he was going to have a really strong campaign for them. Um, I did think I did like the Dickerson signing, but again, I think this is a team. I think you're spot on. Seventy wins, right around there. Um, I just don't think they have the talent to be much better than that as a whole. And this is a team that we could also see continuing their selling process around the deadline. Uh Um, Maybe they thought, hey, we can sell Dickerson for more than what Tampa wanted to sell us for. And then get some prospects back. Yeah, Josh Harrison, uh, Marte, Gregory Polanco. So they have some guys they can trade and then uh, build around that young pitching staff, hope that Jamison Tyon gets better and yep. Tyler Glass now, Chad Cool. Mm-hmm. So other than that, I don't have anything else to say about this team. Yeah, I'm right there with you. But I do I do think it's we should comment on all these teams. Give them oh, a yeah, little bit yeah, of love. No, right? yeah, yeah, give them a little talk. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's go to maybe the we saved the best for last. This may be the most interesting division, the NL West. I think this division's gonna be very wild. And maybe, so too. and maybe not as clear cut as some people may think it's going to be. Yeah. Um, I think obviously, I think people think the Dodgers will run this division. Yeah. Um, and look, I get it. Um, it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I think they have the roster to do it. Um, but I just, I, I like a lot of these other teams in this division. To be quite honest with you. Uh, yeah, I like a lot of these teams. I like what Arizona's doing. Yeah, Arizona had a great year last year, a, a very, and I honestly slept on them a little bit heading into last year. Um, but they had a fantastic year, won over ninety games. I'll tell you what, Paul Goldschmidt, he's right there for as good as almost anyone in the league. Yeah, I've been um, for a while. I've been saying he's the most underrated superstar in sports. But I think since they got to the playoffs last year, people are starting to see how good Paul Goldschmidt mm-hmm. is. And now I think Vado may be sliding into that spot. <laughs> yeah, it's always a superstar on a bad team that kind of gets that role. But Goldschmidt, he's phenomenal. Um, and he kind of, for a first baseman, he kind of does it all. He has yeah, quietly good, good base speed. runner. Yeah, quietly good speed. Uh, two years ago, st- stole 32 bases. 
Um, so stole 18 a year ago, but his power numbers were up last year, so he turned into a little bit more power heavy a year ago. And less thir- base. Yeah, and less base. Yep, yep, yep. He's up. You he, he went. Out, got up to 36 bombs. Hits for a good average. Um, this team has a lot to like, and I think one thing about this team that I really like Arizona. Is I think their staff is going to be good. Um, yeah. I think Zach Godley is a good underrated. Pitch. Yep. Uh, yeah, underrated. I agree. I think obviously you have Grenke at the top. Um, Robbie Ray, Robbie Ray Patrick had a Corbin. great year last year, a fantastic and year. Taiwan last year. Walker. And Taiwan Walker. And Taiwan I'll tell you what, this is a very, very good staff with not big names. You know, following Grenke, you know, these are some smaller names, but all guys who have produced at the major league level. Um, so I think this team's staff is good enough to kind of compete. I think they'll be right there with the Dodgers, to be quite honest with you. Um, and then you look at the rest of this division. I'll let you touch on those two teams and where you have them before we kind of jump into the next three. All right. Well, this is really where I was going to want to talk through this with you because I'm not even sure who I'm picking as the other wild card. <laughs> okay. And because I like what Colorado did this offseason with, they just decided, okay, we're going to build a great bullpen here. They got uh, Jake McGee, mm-hmm. Brian Shaw, Wade Davis, uh, Greg Holland's out now, so yep. we don't know where he's going to end up. <laughs> he's currently a free agent. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it takes a lot to get pitchers to want to come to Colorado because your numbers are not going to look good. as good. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So, I mean, they had to lure them. Their starting pitching is not bad. Uh, Jonathan Gray, is he was a high pick. He's looked pretty good. Um, <laughs> he was 10-4 and four a year ago. Yeah, so I – and we'll see where a lot of these guys end up and their splits on the road because we know they can score a lot of runs at home. Yep. But uh, this is going to be an interesting team. Charlie Blackman had churned out an amazing year last year. Um, Carlos Gonzalez struggled last year. We'll see if he comes back up. And then uh, Mark Reynolds, another guy who may regress. So I think there are some guys that you may look at and see they may regress a little bit with their hitting and their pitching may not be quite as good as Arizona's definitely not as good. Yeah. But I I I still think think they could be a sleeper. Yeah. I actually like them as a sleeper too, just because of their lineup. I think their lineup's really, really good. I've always loved Desmond as a player and he'll get kind of an, I think he's going to get about an everyday look um, probably at first base for this team. Um, He hits for a good average, does some things. Um, And look, they've got superstars. Yeah, they got Aaron, Aaron and Blackman. And those are two superstars. Yeah. If we're talking two or three years back, I think people thought Cargo, Carlos Gonzalez was going to be a superstar. Um, and, you know, given the fact that he's able if he's able to stay healthy, I think it's a very good signing for them. Um, they got him a cheap deal on a cheap deal. I think it was one year, eight mil or something. Um, so I think he'll fit really well with this team. And look, the pressure's not going to be on a guy like him when you have guys like Arenado and Blackman. Um, you know, Trevor Story is a power guy, a sh- power shortstop. Um, he hit over 20, 20 bombs the past two years. There's a lot to like about this lineup, Jack, and I think that's what kind of makes them an intriguing team um, heading into this year. Yeah, I, I mean, I think those two teams are going to be pretty close together mm-hmm. for that other wild card spot. And then the other team that's really interesting, I would say, and I want, I really want to pick them given the history of this team and the players that they've brought in, obviously McCutcheon and Evan Longoria, mm-hmm. um, and that's the San Francisco Giants. But and last year, this is a team won, what, 66 games? 64, right? yeah. 64. So 
How? I mean, they bring in those guys. They also bring in Austin Jackson, who's a solid player. Yep. And they had a lot of injuries. And Bumgarner is going to be out six to eight weeks to start the year, Again. which is a huge loss. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yep. And there's not a lot past Arja Cueto. So I don't know. I, I have a tough time seeing that. They're going to need to be 25, 25 games better just to have a crack at the wild card. And I don't know if they're... I don't know if they're there. I mean, I think they're going to improve, definitely. But the Bumgarner injury, that that may just take them out of the race. Well, look, I think if you look at names on this team, yeah. I think you'll be like, wow, you know, this team's ready to compete. I think, you know, a lot of these guys kind of on the back end. Longoria is a little bit on the back end now. Um, he's 32. Uh, Posey's kind of on the back end. Um, and then you look at, you know, McCutcheon probably in the same, you know, talking type is that although because you know he he was better last year than he was the year before i think he can still produce yeah. i think he can he's still a really good player yes i still think he can produce maybe uh, and but, a good defender yep, exactly underrated yep. just not at that you know that mvp level he was once yeah. at um but i'm yeah. with you i think bum, the Bumgarner loss is so huge for a that really needs you know Bumgarner, samarja kuwait they, they need those three to eat innings and if Bumgarner, you know, Bumgarner's out for a while now, we know Samarja's had injury issues. He, I think he's starting the season maybe on the DL um, with a pectoral injury. So really it's going to be Cueto and then, you know, a couple of young guys probably behind him um, in this staff to open up the season. I just don't know if I, did, I just don't think their pitching is going to be good enough. And again, I don't know if you're going to get good enough seasons from some of these veterans um, counting on them as, you know, big time contributors. Yeah, I'm with you. So, how many wins would you have them at? Look, I think they'll be. I think they'll be better than sixty-four. I would be shocked if yeah. this team won sixty-four <laughs> games. Um, yeah. I would say it's hard for me with that staff and you know the injuries to some of those. I don't think they'll be any more than seventy-five-ish. I would say maybe seventy-eight if you know yeah. everything goes. Um, I don't know. I don't see this team competing for a wild card spot though. No, I don't either. I want them to because. <laughs> I mean, Bochi, and it's an even number year yeah. and the history that of this is organization. True. That is true. So, I mean, they're they're interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to need to see a little more from them in order to take them seriously as a threat yeah. in the National League. That is true. They're very well coached, um, and they've got veterans. I mean, they've got guys who have yeah. done it, so you, you never know, I guess, with a team like this, but we'll just have to see. Okay. Lastly, can we touch on San Diego for 30 seconds? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Eric Hosmer, interesting young player, but I mean they're not—they're not a serious threat in the National League West, though. But they should be a little better, right? Um, yeah, I think maybe a little bit. Again, this isn't a very intriguing team. I like the Freddie Galvis signing, former Philly. Yeah, plus, <laughs> plus defender, pretty solid bat. Um, and I like the Hosmer. I mean, when you're adding a guy like Hosmer, you should like it. Um, but again. Uh, this team, I mean, they're playing in a tough division. They're going to have to play all these teams a ton. I just don't see them having too much success. I think they'll be right towards the bottom here. So one last thing I want to touch on. Eric Hosmer is a really nice mm-hmm. I thought it was a weird, a little bit of a weird signing. Um, obviously, they're looking at the future, but Will Myers was, yeah, was yep. yeah, he was great for them at first base. There's a reason they moved him from the outfield to first mm-hmm. base. So now they're moving him back into the outfield. And I don't know. I, I'm not crazy about that. Yeah, I think they looked at it as just an opportunity to add a guy like Hosmer in the middle of the order yeah. and just had to make the move. Yeah. 
a lot of years though. So yep, we'll see. That is true. That is but very he's true. He's 28. He's not 38. So mm-hmm. <laughs> 30, I should say. <laughs> not looking, yep. not looking too great for San Diego. Good old San Diego. Uh, no, I, w- I would agree there. Okay. So lastly, um, you have the. Do you have the Diamondbacks in your wild card? Um. Okay. Okay. Um. Let me go through the National League. I'll go through the National League and my wild cards. I have Washington, the Cubs, and the Dodgers winning the divisions. I have Milwaukee in a wild card spot. Uh, and I have Arizona and my Phils battling it out Ooh. for that final spot. I think Arizona edges them by a little bit. I think the Phils are really going to surprise some people, and I think they'll take advantage of a very weak division apart from Washington. Yeah, that's um, true. But I don't think their young pitching is going to be good enough this year. I think they're, again, one to two years away. So, yes, I have Arizona and Milwaukee as my two wild cards. Who, how many wins for the Phillies? Um, I think it is – let's see. I think the Cubs, Nationals, and Dodgers will all be – at least Washington and the Dodgers will be 95-plus. Um, I think the Cubs will be right around 93 to 95. I think they'll be right around where they were last year. Um, and I would say my two wild cards are going to be 88 to 90 wins. Okay. I think the National League is going to be – it's going to be tough to get so a wild card So how many wins for the, the Phillies, though? I think the Phillies will be 85, okay. 86. All right. Yep. Three, four games over five. I like seeing the optimism from you. It's good to see you happy. <laughs> hey, got to be confident in my boys. <laughs> um, okay, so my my National League teams, I have the, I have the Nationals – Cubs, Dodgers is your division winners. Yeah, um, same as me, yeah. And we, we'll talk a little bit more about those teams in a second. We're going to try and make these uh, World Series picks, playoff picks quick. Um, yep. And then I have the Cardinals and the Diamondbacks, too. And I, I would have the, I think, the third team in there. Oh, you have, so be, you have the Cardinals and the Diamondbacks? Yeah. Okay, so okay, so that's where we yeah. differentiate. I have Milwaukee. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yep. and then I would have um, for the third team in there. I think the Brewers will be in the mix. I think yep. uh, I put I put a slight edge to the Rockies over the Brewers too. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I would say on my side, St. Louis will kind of be right there with the Phils, kind of on the outside looking in, kind of in that eighty-three to eighty-six win range. Well, they won eighty-three games last year, and now I they know. have Arizona. So, yep. I mean, It'll I think that's five four or five wins better at least yeah we'll have to see okay and so lastly real quick um my playoff teams are houston cleveland austin um minnesota and the yankees in the al Mm -hmm. and then washington the cubs the dodgers the diamondbacks and the cardinals yep and yours are yours from the American League, I guess. The only thing we differentiate American League wise is I have the Angels instead of the Twins, and you have the Yankees winning the division, and the Yankees winning the division, Boston the wild card. Okay. Yep. All right, now let's talk about the playoff quickly because um, we yep. don't have a ton of time. But let's talk mm-hmm. about the playoff prospects for these teams. My read on Boston and the Yankees is I think they're both, and this is the same read I have on the Cubs. I think they're all teams that are built really well for 162 games. Not quite sure they're good enough, though, to get past those other teams in the playoffs because they rely a lot on power hitting. Don't know if the pitching is good enough on those teams. I just don't know if they're better than the teams Mm -hmm. in those uh, leagues. 
Yeah, I'm with you there. I, the one thing I do think is really intriguing about the Yankees is I do think they have one of the better, maybe the top three bullpens in the yeah. league. Yep. They have an extremely good bullpen, and obviously that matters a lot come playoff time. So that's what kind of intrigues me about them. But I'm with you in the aspect of they're very they're going to be home run dependent with a lot of those big bats, strike out a lot. Um, so I, I agree in the aspect of you know that kind of will play a role come playoff time. Um, so your your final four teams are. My fi- okay, there we go. Yeah. My final four teams are, um, I think it'll be Houston and the Yanks Ooh. in the in the Amer- in the American League, and I think it will be Chicago and Washington in the National League. Oh, this is good, Jordan. We're already disagreeing. Good. So I like it. I have. I like it. I have going off of my last thought. I have. Cleveland and Houston as the last two teams. Okay, I figured you would go Cleveland. Yeah. I wanted to mix it up, and plus, I think the Yanks are that are going to be that good. Okay. okay, and then I have instead of the Cubs, I have the Dodgers. So you have the Dodgers in Washington. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I I completely see where you're going with that. What, what what's the edge of Cleveland over maybe Yanks or Boston for you? I mean, again, I look at strikeout. I look mm-hmm. at just overall the way the teams are built. I like Cleveland's mm-hmm. pitching a lot more. They're starting pitching. Mm-hmm. They still have that a really a good bullpen. Take. They were yep. really close to beating the Yankees last year. They went to five games, and mm-hmm. it's tough to beat the same team in the playoffs two years in a row. I just that think these true. are the best four teams for the playoffs. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I, I'm giving the Yanks a little bit of an edge just because – I think adding a guy like Stanton, I think that makes your team a lot better. Yeah. Um, no matter the, what way you're looking yeah. at it, and I look at it as in they beat them last year. I think they can do it again. Okay. I can see it. <laughs> and then yep. with the Cubs, I think really the Cubs are living and dying by what killed them last year with the lineup. They didn't do anything yep. to change this lineup. Um, mm-hmm. And though I think some guys are going to maybe do a little bit better. I just don't I don't really like the look of this. I think they're going to have the same problems. They're going to run the same problems they ran into last year in the playoffs. I do think the bullpen is better. I think starting mm-hmm. pitching may be a little bit better, but mm-hmm. I just don't know if it's going to be enough. I like I like the Dodgers. Um the thing I'd say about the Dodgers, they remind me of where the Royals were a few years ago where they got so close, right? They got mm-hmm. so close and took it to 7 games. They're so yep. close. I think they're going to have all the confidence in the world this year. I mean, Justin Turner's out. We didn't talk about that. But yeah. I think the lineup can sustain itself with him out. And mm-hmm. I think they'll get back to the World Series, I would say. Okay. I give the Cubs a little bit of an edge over the Dodgers um, this year. I, again, I, I touched on I didn't love the Darvish signing. Well, look, he still is you, Darvish. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like it's four years, five years down the road into that contract. Yeah. It's right at the beginning. I think he'll be dynamite for them. Um, and look, I, I think their rotation, I think the Cubs' rotation is very well built for the playoffs um, as a whole. Just because, look, it's game three, you're throwing Kyle Hendricks. Or, you know, it's game three, you're throwing Quintana. It's game three, you're throwing Lester. No, how, no matter how they set up that rotation, you're going to have a guy who's had playoff experience throwing, and I think that's big. Um, and look, I think this lineup takes a little bit of a step forward. Okay. Um, I, th- I think they'll be better than they were in the postseason. Last year was a weird year for the Cubs, yeah. especially down the stretch. I mean, it, it, a lot of their key bats did not produce when it mattered most. 
Um, and I think I think Rizzo and Bryant will both be better in the postseason this year. Um, and I, I, I don't think you'll see the same struggles from this lineup that we saw a year ago. The one thing I will say about Rizzo is he tends to be a streaky hitter where mm-hmm. if the year the Cubs won the World Series, he was slumping big time. He turned it around. So, yep. I mean, he's either going to be on a tear or he's maybe ice cold like he was last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a weird year for the Cubs, man. It, we I think we both broke it down on Twitter during the playoffs. They had like five or six of their key guys who were like two for 15, yeah. one for 16. I, I just don't see that happening again. I think that staff's good enough to get them to the final four. Okay. And then yep. World Series, World Series picks. I guess lastly why we both like Washington so much. I think we're mm-hmm. in agreement. They're going to be all in this year. It's championship yeah. or bust. They're going to probably make some moves to get even better. Maybe their bullpen. I mean, they're just a good, well-rounded team. Adam Eaton's yeah. healthy. That was a big loss. I don't know if it's a big loss, but that was a guy they were counting on last year who missed all last mm-hmm. year. They have him healthy. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> You, the only thing that's holding me back from picking that to win the National League and ultimately why I'm signing with the Dodgers again to win the National League is they're a DC sports franchise that chokes in the playoffs. <laughs> um, I think why I like the Nationals so much, I mean, it's the same thing we've been saying about the Nationals really for the past three years, but now you're seeing some of these other guys take steps forward. I think Trey Turner continues to take steps forward. Um, he's just been a great player for them the past couple of years. Um, I think Michael Taylor takes a step forward as well this year. He's, he's a center fielder who we saw had a huge jump from 16 to 17, um, 230 to 270. I think he has ability to take even a bigger step forward for them this year. And look, they've got superstars. I mean, they've got the, they've got the big bats. They got the Harpers, the Murphys, Zimmerman kind of had a really, really nice year a year ago. Um, and this team, like we touched on Jack, they've been right there (laughs) they've had the opportunity and i think this year may very well be the year that they finally get over the hump i think that this is going to be the greatest greatest washington nationals team of all time now that's i mean there isn't a they haven't had a lot of great teams and i'm going back to 2005 when they moved to washington but i mean Mm -hmm. that's the potential for this team yeah, I, I think they're going to be that good. I agree. Okay. Your World Series pick. I have the Nationals over Houston. Oh, I like it. Nationals over Houston in six to seven. Um, and look, it's 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 hard to pick against Houston. It really, yeah, it is, really in, is in any way, shape, or form. I'm going off of Strasburg and Scherzer being just dominant in the postseason, um, and like I like I touched on, I think well, I think this is kind of the last chance for this full core of Nationals players, um, and I think a lot of them produce when it matters most. I think they 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 get it done this year finally. Okay, I'd love to see it. Um, sadly, my prediction is not as interesting sadly. as yours. <laughs> I have a rematch. <laughs> oh my. Yeah, but the one thing I will say, Washington and Houston, I think, have the two best rosters on paper. Mm -hmm. On paper. That's a a fair take. Yep, I would would agree. I'm going to go with the Dodgers over the Astros this year. I think I'm going back to really hard to beat a team in the championship two years in a row. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cleveland and the Warriors have been bouncing back and forth. 
Um, yep. Maybe we'll talk some NBA playoffs later this this spring, Jim. <laughs> um, and then Alabama, Clemson bouncing back and forth. You've seen yep. a lot of that in recent years. I think the Dodgers are going to, despite the injuries, I think they're still going to grab another pitcher. They're another team that I think is going to be really going for it this year. Like, very similar to what the Royals were a few years ago. I like them a lot. But at the end of the day, I think the Diamondbacks are a sleeper team. Even though they lost J.D. Martinez, I think they're the wild card team that could sneak in there too. Or the Cardinals. I think one of the Either wild card teams, teams could make get a run. Yeah. Yeah, that is the thing. You, you, that's the great thing about baseball. One of those wild card teams could very easily get hot and make a run. Yep. So that really, that's it. I got, I got the Dodgers over Houston. I'm sure this will be revised at some point. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to do a midseason and switch a couple things around. Yeah. Well, Jordan, thank you so much. You're always welcome back on here. Um, it'll be a lot of fun to look for, and I'm sure we'll talk to you plenty along the way. Appreciate it, Jack. Thanks for having me, my man. So lastly, Jordan, I just have to ask. Um, so why don't you tell us, you got anything you want to promote on here? I know you've got a business, a Twitter handle. Uh, give us a little rundown on that. Sure, thank you. Uh, my Twitter handle is at RealJMorandini. Uh, I, I talk some sports there every so often. I'll probably be really active during kind of the NBA playoffs and then baseball Ooh, season yeah. throughout. Yeah, I'm all, uh, NBA playoffs are always extremely fun to drop some takes on. Um, and then, yeah, you mentioned business, um, me, my brother and Jack, one of our very good friends, Connor Ennis, we have this business, uh, (laughs) (laughs) wear hype with a three.com. Um, it's an athletic brand, but really clothes that you can pretty much wear to any event, kind of just hang out in as well. Um, and we donate 10% of each purchase to cancer patients who struggle with their treatment bills. Um, and that's something that we've really been working on. Um, we started off with literally just one t-shirt design. Now we're up to a couple different ones. We've got hoodies and hats on the site. So it's been a lot of fun growing these past couple months. And, uh, Jack, I appreciate the opportunity to kind of give that a shout out. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned the cause behind it, right? Just want to make sure you got that. Yes, sir. I did. Yep, Yep. Okay. Great cause. You guys should go check that out. Um, you mentioned the link. I'll drop the link on the blog post for this. Perfect. Sounds good. Thanks, buddy. And um, also, you got the Carolina blue for the hoodies too, right? I do have. Yep, we have the Carolina blue. Perfect sweater. That's the I always <laughs> rock that one everywhere. Great color. So yeah, go and check that out, guys. Once again, thank you, Jordan, for stopping by, and thank you to everyone who made it all the way through this podcast. It was a it was a journey, but um, <laughs> hope you enjoyed the content we provided. Looking forward to moving forward into the spring with baseball season on the horizon. Um, The NBA playoffs, as mentioned by Jordan, hopefully bring some content and coverage there. The Masters coming up, um, that'll be fun to look at, and the Final Four. So we're really in the perfect storm of sports and sports content to be produced. So hopefully, I don't even know what the next podcast is, but uh, I'm sure Evan will be back and we'll talk some hoops. So... Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in. If you haven't done so, um, subscribe to this podcast, Press On Sports, on podbean.com. That's pressonsports.podbean.com. Download the app. It's a great app, um, great way to listen to podcasts. And there are a lot of other great podcasts that you can find on there. Most people put podcasts up on there. Great way to listen to podcasts. So download that app, subscribe to the podcast, follow along on my Twitter handle at Velvita7. 
And um, other than that, we'll see you soon.